Sirius XM. On today's show, Howard Stern presents Remembering Legends, a musical tribute to the artists we lost in 2023, with performances by Mary Morris, Charlie Puth, Adam Levine, and Dave Matthews. Intro to the show, isn't that nice? Did you like that? That was um, our tribute to a lot of musicians who passed away recently. We had uh, David Crosby and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Harry Belafonte, Sinead O'Connor, Tony Bennett, Gary Rossington from Leonard Skinner, Jeff Beck. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, Burt Bacharach in there, Rudolph Isaac from the Isaac Brothers, Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth, and Tina Turner, all mashed with Great American Nightmare from Rob Zombie. What a show. Already, Only one minute into the show, and people are already saying they can't believe it. We've done enough already. We can yeah. just leave. Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, Robin and I are live in the studio today, back here in Manhattan, in very busy Manhattan. And the reason we're here is Yay. we're going to celebrate some, a uh, little bit later in the show, Marin Morris will be here in New York with us, and she's going to do a performance to honor uh, the life of uh, Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac, Charlie Puth, Adam Levine, Dave Matthews, uh, is going to honor someone 
they're all going to do their thing, and I'm really looking forward to it. So we think that'll be a nice holiday special, special, some great musical performances for you, for your listening pleasure, because you deserve it. You matter. You, you matter. You're important. I'm already exhausted. I'll be leaving. I'll leave you in the capable hands of Robin and Fred. Don't, don't leave, because, you know, just now, when I looked up and you were, see, Yes. When you were behind the mic and I was over here, I just, I just got emotional. What's going on over there? Uh, you know, it's probably something to do with Ralph. Yeah. Because even in the coffee room, I was, you know, just getting some coffee and thought of Ralph and a wave of sadness came over me. And then I hugged everybody here. And I almost didn't get through that without crying, so... <sighs> I know how you feel. I'll tell you the truth. I had a weird experience. So yesterday... Uh, well, you know what it is, Robin. The reason you're emotional, you're seeing me in person behind the mic, and uh, you're secretly in love with the me. The power, All right. the glory. It, when you're in my presence, it, it, you know, you wouldn't be the first one who just broke down and started crying when they saw me. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me. I think the second, no, yeah, the second time I made love to a woman, the woman left in complete tears. Saying it was a huge mistake. Oh. <laughs> uh, so you reminded me of that, and I got very sad. Uh, no, Robin, I feel the same way. Seeing you today in person, because we don't work in person that much here in the city anymore, uh, was very emotional, and uh, it was great to see the crew and all of that. You know, everyone is here. Yeah, I got out of my car this morning, and listen to this. So we're going to have a little Christmas party that I'm throwing for the staff after uh, the show today. You know, for just everyone who works on the show. And I'm going to basically I'm going to use the opportunity to tell everybody who works on this show how grateful I am to them because we had a great year. We had some great guests and great bits and conversation and impressionists and production and, you know, everything. Everything has been just really uh, everybody's working really hard. There's nobody here who's a slouch, you know, all right, maybe one or two people, but <laughs> they'll be fired. The um, the thing is that. uh I get out of my car this morning, and who's standing there? Ronnie, the limo driver. Hey, old Fred, you're Dude. here? Throw him out of here immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, he snuck in. I didn't know you were here, Fred. <laughs> Sorry um, about that. No, no, you, you're, you're wonderful. Um, I walk, I walk out of my car. There's Ronnie, the limo driver, standing there. I go, what the fuck are you doing? And the son of a bitch looks good. He does. He does. He's got a nice haircut. He's uh, thin. He looks great. Yeah. But uh, Ronnie, the limo driver in person, he heard I was throwing a little Christmas party Dude. for the crew. And then Robin spoke to him on the phone and said she was coming in against my recommendation, by the way. He, he hasn't said once that I shouldn't come in. But every time I say I was coming in, he went, ugh. Well, you know, I saw Robin this morning and I was expecting her to wear a mask. We all know she's immunocompromised. No, we don't know that. We you do. Know that. I know it and, every, and the whole audience knows it, right? So I see Robin. I go, what What are you doing letting people breathe on you? Get out. Get, just get your mask on. But she's not doing it. She's, she's, uh, 
She's going in uh, bareback. Oh, so, God. what can I tell you? Bare-nosed. <laughs> Bare-nosed and mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie, you shocked the shit out of me. What happened? Good, I'm what, glad. Yeah, that was you, the whole idea. You flew in from Vegas. Last night. Do. Last night. What time did you get in? Uh, Got to the hotel about 9. No kidding. Yeah. And uh, what, what we talking to Robin when she said she was coming in. You said, I'll come in. Spoke to Robin on Saturday. Uh, we talked for about an hour about Ralph and all the things. And then uh, she said to me, I'm coming in and I, I'm going to miss you. And it, it hit me like this is where I should be with everybody. Right. Do. And on Sunday, I had Stephanie book the tickets and I'm here. How long is the flight from Vegas to New York? Uh, it was a good flight. We, we could, could tell when it was like 4.15 coming out. By the way, I thought you looked exceptionally well. I mean, I think you look good. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, man. I checked in with Mike Perlman. He says he loves your outfit. Oh. You're, you're wearing Nike Air Force Ones. They're black with a little blue that match your sweater. Uh, Mike Perlman uh, giving yeah. you high giving praise. Giving him uh, the thumbs up. Yeah. Huh? And I was looking at him looking like The Rock with no hair. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... Uh, yeah, he shaved his head, and we think it's because of what... Oh, whoa. whoa. It is Mike. Mike shaved his head. That's a new look. Yeah, right? Look at that. You know why everyone's saying you shaved your head? Because when what? Ronnie was... Uh, when you were goofing on Ronnie's look... And then Ronnie hit you with like, yeah, well, where's your hair? Uh, <laughs> but at least I know it's over. It, when it's over, it's over for me, and that's it. So I just took it off, you know? You took it off. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah but I, I heard you weren't happy. Thanks, I heard Robin. you weren't happy once you did it, though. I mean, like, you know, because <laughs> I shaved my beard, too, and it didn't look too good. But then I grew my beard back a little bit, and look, I feel like it looked a little bit better. Yeah, I think this is a good look. Um, Thanks, Robin. So uh, what are you going to do? Are you planning on messing with Ronnie's bagel today? Are he's, you sit gonna he's sitting next to me today in the bullpen. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, no, I'm not. Nah, you got to sit back there. You're in the back today I'm, with I'm, us. I'm hanging with the guys I should be hanging with. <laughs> what do you? Uh, what, is, what? So, tell me about Ronnie's outfit. Are you he looks. He looks sharp today. He has uh, a great sweater, and he's got a nice coupe. He's got a cool pair of Nike Air Force Ones, and there's a little blue on it, Howard. If you can see it right there, I don't know if Ronnie did this intentionally. Show, show Howard the side right there, Ron. Yeah, I saw those when I got out of the matches car. Matches his matches his sweater perfectly, and, and, and my and my. Uh, oh, he's got his wedding ring on you, too. Whatever you want to call this thing. It's got all blue in it also. It's he, titanium. Yep. He's, oh, he's, it's matching. Okay, there you go. He's got a blue. blue. What is going on, uh, yeah, Ronnie? Watch. Ronnie, what's going on? Who is, how did you manage to uh, coordinate your outfit so well? Who dressed you? Nobody. No one? No. And where did you know to get these Air Force One uh, uh, sneakers? I just went to, uh, what is that, Foot Locker, and I uh -huh. saw them. I liked them. Wow. Yeah. Are you impressed? I'm very impressed. He looks great. I think living in Vegas for him, uh, his mind is a little bit more at ease right now. He, so he could take the time to kind of like pick out a nice outfit. He's not all stressed out. He looks great. Don't you think that you helped him by critiquing his bad outfits with those skulls and the cut off the sleeves? Glasses. Yeah. Yeah. The glasses. Yeah, yeah. I think that took a little bit of a toll on him. You know, he's, not he's really, dude. I think so. <laughs> not really. This is your look. Dude. I this still wear my look. skull shirts. Don't worry. Forget that shit, dude. The skulls and all. Uh, Mike, everyone is saying that now Ronnie is here today. It's a special occasion, but he's walking around like he's still security. That's yeah. the wrap on everyone. No, in the just hall. saying hi to everybody. What uh, the they fuck? feel I'm, you're. Uh, he did that in security too. I'm talking to everyone. Yeah, yeah. The show, the show in the hall. hallway still continues. This, yeah. this is what people are telling me. Yeah, Ronnie. well, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know it's. 
you know, nobody's been here in a long time, so we got to liven right. the joint up. So everyone's getting along out there. It's good. Everyone's yeah. happy. Oh, the it Christmas. feels great. Yeah, it does. It does it feels uh, great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, anyway, Ronnie, I'm glad you came in. It's, Thank it's you. Great. Thank I'm, you so I'm glad much. I came in, yeah. too. Believe me. And we're going to have a party this afternoon. I'll be there for all of 20 minutes, so I'll party but, with you for 20 minutes. But that's nothing new. We know that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll, I'm going to be in and out. But it's going to be great. That's for sure. Cool. So, Are you anyway. serious? You're only giving us 20 minutes? Listen, Robin, uh, <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm going to, I am going to uh, address our troops to tell yeah. them how great they're doing. And it's no bullshit. We got some of the most talented people working here. And, uh, we're going to, and, and Fred, fresh from his triumph with the Ralph song. I mean, uh, it's going to be emotional. You're not going to sit and talk to Fred? Uh, no. No, I will not. <laughs> I will not. It's I, once a year, Howard. I saw him in the hall. I went, oh, it's Fred, and I kept walking. <laughs> I touched his arm, though. I did that. Okay. Fair right. But anyway. It's like a drive-by. Yeah. yeah. So it's great seeing the guys. Thanks, guys. Right. Well, thank you. you. Happy yeah. holidays. Ronnie's so he's, here. He's under, he must be under a lot of stress, though, Perlman. Why? Because now his hair is gone. Right. Totally. Well, I heard rumor that uh, Perlman's daughter started crying when he shaved his head off. She did. Yeah. Yeah, she got she 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 was upset when she saw it. Really? It is startling. He does look, you know, you're not it you do look different. Man. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's a little jarring. It's I jarring. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So what are you going to do? You're going to keep it? Or I gonna... got no choice, man. I mean, what am I going to do? I can't what, are you do... going to wear a wig? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what am I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sex, you know. Put a little glue up there, <laughs> slap it on, you know. No disrespect to Sal. I mean, he do, he's done, his hair looks great right now, I think, but he's done a ton of work to it. Yeah, he gets hair transplant. Yeah, he did it. He went through a whole thing. I can't, I'm not doing that. He's constantly going through shit with his hair. I'm not what? trying to fool anybody. And I still think he's using, you know, some kind of powder. Oh, to yes. fill it in. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> That's right. But he does look great, though. It looks great. <laughs> it looks good. So, Robin, you said hello to everyone when you came in. You well, saw Ronnie. Well, I didn't see Mike while I was going I through the halls, and I didn't see Sal. Yeah. Did you see Fred? I mean, I yeah. didn't last time. Yeah. One minute with Fred feels like 40 hours. <laughs> so how did you say hello to Fred? I said hello to Fred. Did you talk to him, Ronnie? Yes, I did. What, what about you, Mike? Did I you mean, talk to Fred? Yeah, I see Fred. I, I, I saw Fred yesterday, too. How was oh, it yeah. for you when you guys talked to him? Is it is it horrible? or <laughs> no, I miss, yeah. miss Fred. We always had good conversations. Really? What yeah. do you talk to Fred about? Cars. Cars, Cars and motorcycles. Oh. See, I don't have you that know, He him. doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't relate to Fred. We even talk. Uh, he he sends me emails every once in a while, like he's looking yeah. at a car or something, or an opinion on something. He'll send me an email. Yeah, he's got a lot of opinions, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I was telling the guys the traffic in New York is so bad, yeah, that I actually ha beeped my horn at a cop. Really? Last night coming into the city. That's because good. Because she was, the, the you know, we were narrowed down to one lane of traffic, and she had her car door open and <laughs> was getting something out of her car, and I just hit the thing and went, oh, she's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're on gridlock alert here. In yeah, yeah, it's really awful. I uh, Well, I had to come in yesterday, and, uh, you know, I'm coming in. I had to stop off at my mom. Yeah. And I don't know, my mom was like, I'm, I had it all planned out to get into the city before rush hour. And I don't know, my mom got all chatty with me. Really? Yeah, because usually she throws me out after 10 minutes. She's like, I'm tired. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, that was pretty depressing, though, because she just lays in bed all the time. And Well, what was she talking about? Uh, 
Well, she talked about Ralph. I wasn't going to tell her about Ralph. Oh. My sister told her. We'll see you later, man. Uh, I'll see you later. Bye, guys. Keep your head covered, Mike. You can catch a cold with that bald head. <laughs> uh, yeah, my sister told her about Ralph, so that caught me by surprise. Yeah. But she didn't seem too moved. Like She was like, I know Ralph. But I'm... She's only consumed with herself now. In the old days, she used to care about yeah. stuff. But now it's just like, you know. I walk in, it's the same story. How's, where's Beth? Did Beth come? Oh, jeez. I go, no, Beth's uh, taping the kitten bowl. So she couldn't come in with me. Uh, with the kittens? Yeah, with the kittens. Uh, is Beth angry with me? No, Mom, Beth isn't angry. Why? Hey, Beth is happy with you. <laughs> She's happy. Is she angry though with me? No, that's what I'm saying. She's happy with you. I mean, she's fine. Like she's normal with you. I don't even know what you're talking about. Tell Beth I'm sorry if she's angry. Oh my God. I go, Mom, I don't know what you're talking about. I told her when she got stung by a bee, I said to call Dr. Shahavmans. I shouldn't have gotten involved. <laughs> Mom, please. Still we, thinking about no, that? I said, but well, she lays in bed doing nothing all oh, day. Oh, my goodness. I go, how's your pain? Uh, I'm in pain. I go, this is terrible. I just added her medication adjusted. But I think I got to call the doctor and get more medication for her. How much more medication can she have? I don't know. Then I was talking to her aide and she goes, you know, she spends a lot of time in the bathroom. I go, Mom. You got to stop spending so much time in the bathroom. Why do you think I want to spend my day in the bathroom? What am I going to do? I wish I didn't have. <laughs> I go, okay, oh I'm leaving. I'll see you later. <laughs> wow. And I was talking about her shitty childhood. That she likes talking about. For she a while. does. Yeah. She'll go. Uh, and then I compliment her and that makes her feel good. I go, mom, you had the shittiest upper. I talked about, you know. Ralph had a tough childhood and suddenly she goes, I go, but mom, no one had it worse than you. That's right. And then big smile comes on her face because she wins. She wins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't have a mother. I know. Yeah. And your father wasn't nice to you. He was terrible to me. I said, well, you know, uh, but look how great you turned out. I don't know how I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, congratulations to me <laughs> yeah and then i hit her with a couple of stories about uh the holocaust uh, oh boy sounds how, like a great how everyone blames israel for all the problems in the world and all and that that always but bonding over misery is the best that's that's what you do yeah huh? yeah we bond over misery oh boy yeah it's, it's uh it's very, a feel good very healthful <laughs> anyway i got out of there and then i came into the city and i had a very very emotional experience i hadn't been in my apartment in a while and i got in there and ralph and i used to do most of our work together in the apartment when mm. he would style me yeah and so uh uh ralph was very concerned before he died what i was going to wear to the christmas party today that we're having with the staff but of course he was too sick and he never got in to pick me an outfit but Hanging in my outfit are all these notes all over my my closet where oh. Ralph had written me notes like, 
this looks good with the fourth button button and uh, wear this with this shirt and here's the second option and so um i had one last ralph approved outfit that he laid out for me and i am wearing it today this jacket and uh, shirt but this is the end of the ralph look because after this, I've run out of outfits that Ralph. Well, I told me. you how good you looked. Today. Yeah, there you go. Right away, there so it is. I saw you. This is a Great Ralph jacket. Now, what we're like? I was just talking to Tony, who was doing my hair. She goes, "What are you going to do?" Now, Mary Ann from Brooklyn said yesterday, "You can't have anyone style you beside Ralph." Hey, I go, "Listen, I'm in show business, <laughs> and when I dress on my own, I'm a disaster." What did Beth say? Did Beth say anything? About- Beth, Beth said to me, well, first of all, I was dressing on my own to come into this. And she goes, you cannot wear those pants to the Christmas party. You need to put on a black pair of jeans. I go, honey, what are you talking about? These are nice jeans. I'm like, no, you need to wear. I go, oh, <laughs> here we go. Where's this Ralph? This guy died on me. I mean, how selfish can you be when I'm walking around in the wrong jeans? When you need him. How yeah. dare he? How dare he not be here? <laughs> I can't be trusted with these decisions. You saw early Letterman appearances. Take a look. Ooh. That's when I was working on my own. It was a disaster. But anyway, how dare you? I walk into my closet and I see all these notes from Ralph and I started to cry like a baby. Of course. Wow. It hit me. I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm America's hero. I'm the most macho. I, generals tell me how brave I am compared to even soldiers dying. And what yeah. general? <laughs> general Electric and General Tso. And general Mills. General Mills. Yeah. Famous General Mills. No, I mean, I got so sad. Yeah. I saw re- like it goes, keep this button to the fourth button. And I got so upset. I go, Ralph, what did you do? You waited so long to go to a doctor. What's, I started yelling at him, mm. and I was crying. I got so sad for my buddy. But um, anyway, so I, I I saw that he had one last outfit. Ralph had this, uh, like one of those mannequins hanging in my closet. That has a mannequin in my closet, and he had this on there. And I oh. said, I'm going to wear this. Yeah. The mannequin has a much better body than me. Sometimes I look out at these outfits that he picks me, puts on the mannequin. I go, yeah, looks great on That's how it's supposed to look. Yeah. And then (laughs) then I put it on. It never looks right. Well, that jacket fits you very well. Ralph actually designed this jacket. Really? Yeah. With my buddy Anthony. Uh, Yeah, this Ralph designed this himself. Yeah. Well. Sad. Yeah. What can I tell you? Boy, Fred, I was walking around singing that song you wrote. Oh, Fred, this morning I heard it again, and that Mm. tore me up, too. Man. Yeah, you got a hit on your hands. I I tell you, uh, Pat was just so terrific. Pat Monahan and the rest of the guys in train, they did such a fabulous job with that. I mean, it was just so honest and true. Well, you know, for a second I got worried that Pat Monaghan might run off with Fred uh, to write the next album, and I said that. Yeah, he I'd, might I'd, be calling. Still. I'd say that's yeah. highly unlikely. When he was when he got up off the couch, he flew out of the studio. It didn't give me a second look. So yeah. there you go. There you go. But I can't wait to see his uh, Broadway play. 
Speaking of, yeah, and by the way, Robin, uh, Pat wants you to come see it. Did you get my message? I just saw your message this morning. I okay. told you it was a mess getting into the city, and by the and I had dinner with a friend, and so I had a you know the last evening was a blur, and then I think when I got home and or got to the hotel and finally settled down, I looked and I saw that uh, you had left a message. Yeah. Yeah, I leave Robin messages from Pat Monahan. It's like I'm a go-between. I never thought one day I'd be so famous that I'd get to, like, pass messages on to Robin. <laughs> he gets to tell me what yeah. other people want. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, I gave you Pat's number. Now get in touch with him if you want. All right. All right. By the way, speaking of music, and we're going to have a whole musical show today. It should be a lot of fun. I told you, Marin Morris will be here with me. She's so fucking attractive, that Marin Morris. I uh, go on her Instagram. <laughs> she wears outfits she had one outfit on it had to be taped to her body because everything was practically showing <laughs> and it's her favorite outfit i hope she wears it here today she said it's her favorite outfit yeah she says it on instagram she goes this is my favorite outfit and i'm like it's my favorite wow. too honey <laughs> that's one yeah. attractive woman ay 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 i gotta forget Forget the music. I got to ask her who's dressing her. Maybe they could. Maybe they could. Ha well, do you they... want that kind of outfit for yourself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Marin will be here. She's going to do a tribute, as I said, to the wonderful Christine McVie. And what a Christine oh. McVie. Great um, singer. Great songwriter. Great songwriter. Lest anyone forget, uh, not only did she, uh, well, you know, she wrote some of the most, or co-wrote some of the most famous songs for yeah, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, some of their biggest hits. Uh, for example. And who can forget this? Or this? Or how about this one? written a million great songs so we're going to try to on today's show with adam levine charlie puth marin morris and uh dave matthews to honor some of the people uh we lost uh recently in music and uh, we thought that'd be kind of a fun way to uh do our last show before christmas and uh let me take this call and then i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you one more musical fact yes marianne Oh, my God, Howard, last show of 2023. First, I want to say I can't believe Ronnie and Robin and everyone's together. You made my day. You made my year. And then I want to say, Fred, I cried all day and all night. No one gets to say that line got to me. And I can't believe how great the song is. And I just can't stop thinking about Ralph. It's a bittersweet day. Howard, I love you so much. And I want to tell you couple of things the fans said. Um, uh, Jim Wilson said, remember how he, Ralph would call at 9.30 and you would say, Ralph, why are you calling so late into the show? And another fan, because everybody's been telling me all their Ralph stories. He, Ralph was a putty, made everybody putty in his hand. And then what Ralph would do that, thank you. So, Howard, we love Ralph so much and we love you. All right, enough. I mean, at some point, you got to hang up on her. She she filibusters. She run on sentences right. is uh, what you call that. She doesn't pause. She, there's no commas. There's no periods. It's just on and on and on and on. 
By the way, uh, I, I meant to tell you, really go on uh, Mara Morris's Instagram. She recently posted a uh, picture of herself in the mirror in her underwear. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fabulous picture. I mean, fucking ridiculously fabulous. You should do, you know how yeah. these people get these viral uh, posts? Like, you should go on and do the same pose. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of doing the Marin Morris pose in the mirror. <laughs> and then you'll go mm. viral. You know, uh, I'm also very proud of Marin because, you know, not only do I love her music and, and think she looks great, but she does take a stand on things. You know, recently she... Uh, was you know she was talking about in country you know she's a country music artist although I think she's more than that but um, she's a country music artist and primarily that's where she came from those are her roots and she spoke out about the there's a certain faction in country music that you know takes pride in uh, you know we don't like transgender and we don't you know and fuck Budweiser and all that and she uh, she was very disturbed by it all and wanted to disassociate herself with that. and I thought that was pretty great because most people, most musicians I know, they understand one thing. You got to bring a lot of people to the table. It's like running for office. You don't want to piss off any section of your audience. But she spoke out and I thought, good for her. You know, I like that. So there you go. It's up to the women. I mean, I don't know what you guys are doing nothing cowards women, women have to speak up i wouldn't even speak up to fred <laughs> what do you think of that i'm afraid of him anyway um what i was going to tell you about music is i wanted to play you some rejected christmas songs the guys put me up to this everyone who works on the show said uh, during the year <laughs> there were several performances that i never played oh really? well, yeah well one of them was ronnie and uh, Lenny Dykstra put out a Christmas song. This is going back to last Christmas. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, and this never got played. Well, the full thing. It was played a little chunk of it in a bit. Okay. Uh, but uh, the full song was never played because these two, I mean, they get so filthy. I mean, I even I thought it was too much. But anyway, here it is. Uh, Mehmet said I should play it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I scrapped this. It was... Uh, Last Christmas. Last Christmas, I ate out your cunt. But the very next day, we had anal play. Next time, douche out your vagina. And enema out your asshole. There you go. I, that was the full version that I never played. Uh. Everyone felt you should hear that. <laughs> um, Derek Jones said to me that... Um, in 2017, George Takei, the lovely George Takei, recorded a Christmas album promo for us. Uh, and a few of the songs ended up on the editing room floor, including this one. Here is uh, George's uh, version of Oh Holy Night. Your hole is tight, my Asian cock is throbbing. Click on my nips and then we'll walk. Some <laughs> I don't know why we I don't know why that ended up on the editing room floor. I mean, we don't we're like um, we, we leave very little on the floor. We use most of everything. Yeah. I wonder why this one didn't make it. I don't know all the uh, it might have been me. I don't know what it is or it might have been a 
Might have been we had a sudden shriek of uh, of uh, decency. Decency. <laughs> <laughs> I mean these songs. This one is a gem. Uh, this got cut. This is uh, George singing his take on Little Drummer Boy. Um, he told me on his supple round bum. <laughs> And ain't no ring for me in his supple round bum. Well, some people avoid sexualizing little drummer boy, but not Georgie. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. George Takei. We love him so much. Uh, Also, Wolfie said to me, uh, by far the songs that I reject, that I reject the most, come from Bigfoot. But uh, Wolfie loves them all. There's no song that Bigfoot sings that Wolfie doesn't love. Is that right? Uh, He begged me to play you this. This is... um, there's two of them. This one is called Silent Corpse. This is, I guess, making, <laughs> imagining what it must be like when Bigfoot has a dead body around. Silent corpse underneath my floorboards, covered in flies, makes my cock rise. She's not embalmed. She smells just right. She made me angry. When she was alive, sleep eternally. Yeah, there you go. As I pull <laughs> out my weenie. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, in his defense, he doesn't know what he's singing. Yeah, but who wrote that? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's why I rejected it. Uh, Wolfie, I, I got to admit, I don't know why this one was rejected because I do love this one. This is Bigfoot singing Silverfish. 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 Small, scaly insects on my body. Uh. Biting me. Sucking me. In my hair. They lay their eggs. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I can picture the, the silverfish crawling through his hair. <laughs> I really can. I love it. I don't know why that was uh, edited out, but... Uh, Where would that go? I mean, is that just a Christmas song? or? Yeah, we put them in. You know how we sometimes, like, during the commercial breaks, we yeah. put in little bits and things and or put together fake albums, but... Uh, See, I think each one of these needs explanation if you're going to yeah. use them. Well, I, I should point out, too, it is so difficult to record these songs. I do have an exclusive clip from a recording session with Bigfoot, and I think you'll appreciate the hard work that goes into this. It's beginning to feel a lot like gangrene. Most me, I'm feeling like gangrene. It's beginning. It's beginning to feel a lot like gangrene. To feel a lot like gangrene. To feel, <laughs> feel, to, to feel, feel like a lot, a lot, like, oh, feel like a lot, a lot, like, a, lo- a lot like gangrene, gangrene. Yeah, Richard uh, Richard works with him on these songs, and it's quite challenging. Yeah, Endless patience is what it takes. Yeah, well, here's the finished version. It shows you the hard work that goes into it. It's getting to feel a lot like gangrene. <laughs> my foot is black, crusting over one go. of my toes, <laughs> snapped off, <laughs> and I ate it. It is. It is. 
It's it's beginning to feel a lot like gangrene. My toes are black. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you're here. Yeah. Hi. Hey. What, what, what is it like to record? What What is it like to be in a recording session with Bigfoot? Well. First, and sorry, Bigfoot, if you're listening, you got to get to the smell. Uh, you know, it doesn't, and that's coming from me. So yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like you kind of most most of the time go one word at a time. It's, it ends up very choppy. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't read. He doesn't really retain information. So so yeah. <laughs> it's a it's, it's a challenge, but it's worth it. it. I think him sounding choppy is even funnier. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you Great in person. To, huh? Yeah. It's awesome to see everybody today. I love it. Seeing I was laughing. Robin. I, I, I was laughing. Robin hugged you today. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I told her I did my, I showered for her. He, my, he has a Christmas. He's already done his Christmas shower. Yeah. My Christmas <laughs> tradition. My one shower. I said to myself, year. Robin's been locked up so long. She's hugging Richard. I mean, <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah. I didn't make any moves. No, I waited no. till she put her arms out. Oh, said, yeah. Okay. You, you want to hug Robin when she's not ready for it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, Robin and Richard hugging. I mean, yeah. wow, what a! And I think she hugged Fred too. I hugged Fred. She went around and hugged everybody. I didn't hug Fred. I yeah. I just said, "Hey, buddy," and I. You touched his arm. I touched his arm. Yeah. And moved been, on. She hugged um, me because I showered in the toilet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. piss cakes under my armpits. Mm. <laughs> Look at you, Richard Puppet. Good. You look great, and you showered. Toilet right? water, you know, that yeah. stuff that's supposed to cause a fragrance doesn't come from the toilet. I use real Richard. toilet water. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in true Richard fashion, Richard stayed in a hotel in Newark last night, and mm. the toilet didn't work, and the oh, bathroom geez. was covered in pubes. No one had cleaned it. So. It was. Yeah. I didn't even bother complaining. I was like, you know what? I'll just go to sleep. Right. I'll deal with it. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was very gross. What did it cost to stay in a hotel that they, the toilet doesn't work and it's covered in pubes? With taxes and fees, 140. Jesus. You could have been in Manhattan. No. In a right. Rat infested hotel. Not for that. <laughs> I look, trust me, this time Stop of year it. around Christmas in Manhattan, really? it's crazy. Can you imagine you paid $140 to be in a hotel room with pubes? And, and you have to mm -hmm. clean it yourself. I guess yeah. you're supposed to bring your own I, sheets and everything. I didn't even even bother cleaning the pubes i didn't want to look at them i just closed the bathroom door i had to come here to take a dump this morning nice. <laughs> we, we we know all right very good thank you annie thank you. you're on the air in maryland merry christmas richard there you go merry christmas what a show big show today annie uh, in maryland you're on the air Oh my gosh, Howard, thank you so much for taking my call. First, I wanted to mention that I lost my dad this year, and you, or a few months ago, you've been such a gift in making the hard times um, a little bit easier. And I was going to bed last night thinking about Christmas and the Christmas special with the Island of the Misfit Toys, and how your show and your Whack Packers and your Richards and your Fowls and your Benjis are all a bunch of misfits, but... I would so much rather be on your island than anywhere else. You think Benji's crazy. a misfit? How could you say that? Benji? Benji. Kinda. Benji's a playboy. He fits into any <laughs> circle. By the way, did Benji come in today? I didn't see Benji. That's another person I didn't... Uh, you you wouldn't have hugged him, would you? Uh, I, you know, it, it happens when it happens. So I would have had to see Benji... And know oh. what was going to happen. You really are lonely. <laughs> lonely? Yeah. No, he's just happy to see everybody. Oh, Benji's coming to the Christmas party. Okay, so there you go. You'll get your child. I'm going to be there when you hug him. I want to see that. <laughs> uh, 
All right, Annie. Sorry Thank about you, your dad. Howard. Okay. Hey, look who's calling in. Oh, man. Ooh. Jeff the Drunk's back on the show. What? what happened? Why'd you break down? I thought you quit the show. I'm going to say welcome back to the studio. Oh. Oh, wow. Uh, what's going on? I mean, wh- I forget why you quit the show, but uh, why are you back? Um, because I felt the need to call. Hmm. Now, Jeff, in his last conversation with Chris Wilding, said, never contact me again. I mean, he Bye. is dead set, set, set against being on the show. Jeff was angry because during my Bruce Springsteen interview, I didn't pick no, up the no. phone. First of all, that's oh. bullshit. Oh, okay. That had, nothing, that had nothing to do with it. Well, oh. What was it? What was it? That happened to be the day I realized I'm never going to get anywhere with you. You're never <laughs> going to look at me different. Then what? And, um, Jeff, I'm going to say this one last time in the spirit of Christmas. I know your view of me is that you made me. And that's that's great that you feel that way. And you know what? You're, you're no, f- no, I didn't think. I just said I had a part of it. Okay. I didn't, and that's fair. I didn't say you ain't nothing without me. All right. I ain't saying that. All right. That's fair. I'm just saying I was part of it. And you treat me like fucking shit. That's all. Well. Let me explain. When Jeff says, I treat him like shit, I'm just in the spirit of Christmas and, and bonding. <laughs> I like Jeff. Yeah. And Jeff is a caller. But Jeff has an attitude that when he calls in, I should immediately pick up the phone. And, and, and there are days I don't even get to his call, which is true. But you don't get to any call some days. Some days I can't get to everyone. And then he says, well, you picked up on Marianne. I go, yeah, well, some days I don't pick up on Marianne. I pick up on you. But So I don't think I can ever satisfy Jeff's inner feelings that no one appreciates him. I do appreciate Jeff. I like Jeff. I think Jeff is funny, and it's always good to hear from him. He's one of the longtime callers to the show. But... You know, in all fairness, I'm doing a, a radio show. I can't always get to Jeff. There's thousands of people who call in. And that was another thing. What? You said, why do you, why do you keep calling in? That's what you said to me. Yes. And that's when I realized I'm never going to get nowhere because... Chris, didn't Jeff yeah. say he helped get me my contract at Sirius? Yeah. I did. How did you? How do did that? you do that? <laughs> I don't recall you really being a part of that. Who did you talk to? No. Because <laughs> you know what? You know how? How? Jeff Buckwald. Right. <laughs> Jeff, I mean, y- you are entertaining to listen to, but sometimes you're you're not even entertaining to listen to. I mean, you know, you gotta. And same with me, and same with everything. I mean, but you can't claim you got me my contract at Sirius. That's that's crazy. I said I was part of that. Well, I that's didn't true. Say I was the, the sole reason for you becoming a billionaire. <laughs> oh, now you're a billionaire because of Jeff. Yeah, 
Well, well, Chris, what do you have to say about this? Well, I just, you know, like you said, Jeff told me to never contact him again to the point where I, you know, really felt it was serious. And I'm just wondering, Jeff, are you back in the mix now? Are you back in the fray? Can I call you? Can I get updates? Or are you going to, you know, rage quit again after today? Everything's a bet. Everything is a bet. That's it. What? That's why I wasn't going to call. Oh, it's a bit. Everything is a a fucking joke. Well, let's let's not make a joke today. I'm excited. My whole life is a joke. Let me say something. Everybody, everybody laugh. Not me. Okay. Bye. Wait, I have a a question. A serious question. Hello? Oh, he's gone. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, Jesus. So we haven't talked in like a year. What have you been up to since we last talked? Fuck love. It's a question. (laughs) Uh, All right. Bye, Jeff. Have a Merry Christmas. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean. No, no. I mean. (laughs) Jesus. Hold on a second. Uh Uh-oh. It's this. Now I'm in trouble. It's the CEO of Sirius XM, Jennifer Witz. Uh, Okay. Okay. Enjoy. Oh boy! Well, here, yes, he, he can't. Jennifer, I can't hear you. What? <laughs> I said, don't you dare hang up on Jeff Stern. Without him, you're nothing. <laughs> We're getting in the whole last hour of the show. Tell Adam Levine not to bother coming in. It's going to be Jeff all day long. <laughs> well, so you're saying you did hire me because of Jeff the drunk? What I'm saying is, I have two pictures in my office: Andy Cohen and Jeff the drunk. Wow! Wow! You wish you had the natural charisma of Jeff. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Jeff made your career with one dead arm tied behind his back. And don't you forget it, Stern. All right. Thank you. Jeff, I'm glad you called in. It's nice to hear from you and know you're okay. And we, we are glad you're okay. I hope in the coming year, in the new year, you check in with us again. Now, are you going to tell me to fuck off? Hello? Jeff? We'll see. Wow. We'll see. Come on, Jeff. It's the holidays, and, you know, Ralph just passed, and let's have a nice feeling, right? You didn't even mention Ralph. Did you like Ralph? Yes. Okay. I always got along good with Ralph. All right. That's a positive thing. All right. Jeff? It was always nice to me. Have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Oh, boy. By the way, I asked Jeff, I said, like, what do you do now that you don't call into the show? He said, nothing. <laughs> That's I what said, I mean. I said, he gave you, up the best thing in his life. I said, if you called into other shows, do you? He goes, no, nothing. I go, if you filled that time with a hobby, no, nothing. Well, listen, yeah. he's always angry with me. I know. Always. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Merry Christmas. You, Chris. yeah. Oh, you're done with COVID, huh? You must have tested negative. I've been you... negative since Sunday. That packs right, well, is amazing. Well, stay away from Ron. I will. All Thank right. you. Okay. God bless. Right. He's just running around like. <laughs> I heard you hugged him. I did hug him, but wow. he was wearing a mask. Oh, he was? Okay. Yes. All right, good. Jeez. It's all fun and games. Till I got you sick. I haven't been sick this whole time. Uh, yeah, 
because I keep you locked up in your house. <laughs> All right, Joe, you're on the air in uh, New York. Go ahead. Hey, now. Hey, um, oh. Hey, oh, I got a break. Marin's here. Which we're oh. going to do our first musical tribute oh. to someone who passed away. Uh, Joe, quick. So sorry to hear about Ralph. Listen, I've been listening since the 90s out, and today I just wanted to tell everybody I can feel the energy coming through the radio. Right. It's great to have you all together again. I love you. Thank you for over 30 years. You've been such a big part of my life and all the laughs. Thanks, Merry Joe. Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's, Merry Christmas. There you go. That's Joe. This is a good song. I think this is my favorite Willie. Marin, this is my favorite Willie Nelson. This is my mom's favorite, too. And mine, just by proxy. <laughs> You know how he writes songs? Oh, by the way, I'm sitting here with Marin Morris, who uh, I love. I truly love your music and love your whole thing. But, but the um, Willie, whenever he's been in here, he always tells me he just goes for a drive. And that's when these songs come to him. He's got to empty his head, like just do something to distract himself from songwriting. Yeah. And then it pours out of him. What's your process? I relate. I mean, pretty similar. It's, it's hard for me to sit down at a piano or at a guitar every time and get something because it feels like I'm working for it. Do you do it every day? Do you sit there and say, I will write something every day, even if it's crap? Um, when I first moved to Nashville, that was my process was five days a week, like a job, nine to five almost, um, except not 9 a.m. It was like more like 11. But yeah, just write every day. And a lot of it was crap, <laughs> but it's it's just kind of sifting through like the needle in the haystack. And eventually maybe you get like five songs a year that are the magic ones, but you have to kind of sift. That's at least my experience is just sifting through, just working at it, chipping away. It's like a block of marble and not knowing what the shape is, daring to Maybe it will look terrible at the end, but just going for it anyway. For some reason, I seem consumed with how songwriters write songs because I just can't, I just it's such a foreign process that nothing existed. And then suddenly something original comes out. And then some of them are so good that millions of people go around singing them. It's crazy. It's the most magical thing maybe about human existence. Yeah. Music. Yeah, I mean, I think just making something, whether it's music or art or um, conversation, I don't know, it's just the creative access of your brain. Um, yeah, being able to say you made something that day. And honestly, I, I can't, I'm going to misquote him, but in Rick Rubin's book where he's like, none of this should be for the audience. He's right. <laughs> it should be for you. And if they connect to it, on a mass level like that's just luck that's that's great that's the the cherry on top but it shouldn't be for them everything coming out of you should be for you i remember like even years ago like when prince first came on the scene there were like 50 dudes all trying to be prince and some of them would have a hit song like doing a prince kind of song but it never works when you go oh this is what's hot right now i'll write a song like that yeah. rick's right mm -hmm. same with radio i mean i i never thought about I just thought about what I thought was funny. I didn't think about I didn't think about what somebody else might think is funny, you know? Yeah, but I, I think that's why people gravitate to you and to 
an artist like Prince is because no one's done it quite like that. It's completely original. And so, of course, you're going to have people um, be inspired by that and copy it or have their version of it. I mean, there's obviously so many artists I'm influenced by, but I think when it all comes out in the wash, it's it's through the, the filter of me and my point of view. So no one can on earth have that except for me. I, you know, there's this one fact. I know I brought this up to you when I you know met you before. I still can't get over the fact that you got rejected by American Idol. I cannot believe. I mean, I watch you sing. I mean, what a bunch of idiots those guys are. <laughs> who was it? Was it that 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 uh, Simon Cowell when you when you did, or was it who was it that rejected you? Um, I think that was those were the judges. Still, I can't remember the year. Like Simon and Randy and whatever Paul, Paul yeah. Abdul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but <laughs> I won't. Funny. I can't even slag them off because I didn't even get past the like first open call audition. Oh, with just, how is like, that the possible? Producers. You sing beautiful. I mean, what? What did you just have a bad day? No, I killed it. <laughs> right. What? What? what do you, and, and your look and the whole thing. You, you. It seems to me it would have been like a natural. I had to have been probably sixteen or seventeen when I went to the Cowboy Stadium in Dallas and did the big cattle call. Twenty thousand people. You only get ten seconds in your lineup of five to sing for this tent huh. of like you know twenty year old producers that. You know, their uncle probably knew someone that worked at the network. I don't yeah, know. But who knows? Yeah, but I sang um, Shaka Khan's Sweet Thing, oh, which wow. is still my karaoke song. Um, but I, I nailed it. I, I did not have a bad day. Um, I did after that. but <laughs> Right. Did you? Um, did your confidence get rocked that it's a 16-year-old? Oh, if I don't get on this, that's it. I'm never going to be a singer. Or you didn't. You didn't care. You just kept going and plowing through. I mean, it, it, it sucked. It, it hurt for sure. Just in the moment, you're a teenager. And also, like, Kelly Clarkson came from right. my neck of the woods and won the first ever season. So that was just so inspiring to me as a Texan. But honestly, and I know we've mentioned this before the last time I was on the show, it's just like, it wasn't just American Idol. It was The Voice. It was America's Got Talent. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? All right. Um, it was all of them. Wow. Um, said no. I am just freaked out by that. <laughs> it just shows you. Nobody knows what they're listening to. Nobody knows. Look at all the record company guys that reject, like, you know, the Rolling Stones or they, you know, they, they take a pass. They don't even know. Nobody knows. No one knows until someone tells them it's cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think. I'm so lucky that they did say no because I was not ready to be in the limelight or have any sort of public facing anything. The music was not there. My voice was still maturing, even though it was good at the time. I just hadn't found it yet. And I would have been a fucking nightmare, like teenage signed artist like that sound. I would not have handled it like some of my peers that have been doing this same amount of time. I was so shocked when I had in, um, what the hell's his name? I can't think of his name. British guy plays a guitar on stage. That's it. He just, oh, Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran, yeah. Oh. I had a brain fart. I couldn't think of his name for a second. But, you know, I was shocked. I'm talking to him. And he says, you know, I wasn't always a really good singer. I go, what do you mean? He says, here's a tape. It's on the internet. Here's a tape of me performing like when I was coming up. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. He was not. A, he willed himself to be a good singer. Is yeah. that possible? I still think it has to be there. The voice. I I think that you know, for me, I could hold a tune. But as far as vocal maturity, because I've always had like a lower alto 
almost tenor voice, I mean, in choir. So my vocal idol was like Bonnie Raitt. Like that sort of tone was my um inspiration board of i want to sound like that and um so i i took lessons and i did i still occasionally do like vocal coaching just to preserve my voice um as i tour and age but i um yeah i i think you can perfect it for sure i think it's it's a muscle and um being able to do runs i mean speaking of ed he can sing his ass off and he can do every trill that takes agility that takes practice it takes scales doing scales i mean you don't just wake up and sound like yeah ariana grande yeah i went to his concert i was shocked i mean just standing there with a guitar and and captivating a crowd just a guitar a whole concert yeah is insane it's pretty unbelievable and he's like stuck with that yeah. his entire career which i found so interesting it's just he he's so good and captivating at building loops and yeah, but, but don't you think it'd be cool i mean as a performer don't you think it'd be cool if all of a sudden he started like him with a band like maybe now's the time to make you know what i mean but i would never tell him that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i'm not gonna tell ed sheeran what's right yeah me neither absolutely not where do i get off but i um I mean, I've, he's performed with a band. I've seen him, you know, on award shows perform in that capacity. But I don't know. I mean, he's got a thing. For By sure. the way, I am still obsessed with a couple of performances you did, especially, you know, I love that, that song, Girl. Yeah. That fucking riff is so chilling to me. And I was thinking, I don't think I ever asked you. The, well, I'll play it for people. I mean, everyone knows the song, but here it is. This thing. Exactly. To me, this is a great riff. It's not a complex riff. It's not a... It's just the most moving... I could just listen to this on a loop over and over again. And then you come in with this. I'm overwhelmed. I really am. That's Greg Kirsten. Who came up with the riff? You did, right? Greg Kirsten. Oh, Greg did. Yeah. Oh. And he, where were you when he brought you that riff? I was at his studio in L.A. We were just writing for a few days with my friend Sarah Ahrens. And I think this was our first song of that week was Girl. And he just, he's always noodling. Uh, he has so many guitars, so many synthesizers and keys. And so he just came out with that. And I was like, what is that? It's so simple, but resonant. And um, yeah, just the man, the shit, so flattering. Like flew out, but but in other words, he's noodling in in a room with you. Yeah, and he says, "Hey, what do you think of this?" He doesn't even say that. He just starts noodling, mm-hmm. and it's up to you to go. Oh, wait, what's that? Yeah, pretty much. Like that moment could have gone by. You could have just not responded to that that riff, yeah. and then he would have picked out something else. Yeah, he could have changed keys, he could have changed instruments, and we would have lost it forever. So it's it's kind of wild when you think about it, how I hope it's not stressful. Sometimes it feels stressful, like, God, we have to get something today. But he just, he played that, and it's obviously coming through, like, he's at the board, and so the amp is probably out in the, the actual tracking room. So it's going through all these amps and whatever, but I, it's it's super compressed and fuzzed out, but I... um That's cool. Yeah. We like that. And I had no idea where we were going. I didn't even think 
maybe they record it and then he finds words that fit those like vowels and mouth sounds he was making and so when you go and read the lyrics to karma police or airbag like i love okay computer the the lyrics at some moments make zero sense to me but it doesn't matter it doesn't i'm I'm going to listen to it and be high and enjoy myself. How does he hate the song Creep? Like what? What They hate that song. Yeah. The, the band hates that song. I Yeah, I think it's, I can't speak for them, obviously. I, I would think that if I had to guess, and I don't know the whole backstory of why they hate that song. It's just that there's so many artists that don't like their biggest hit. Why is that? Are there songs you've written that you go, you know what, that shit, I don't like it. Um, not that we're successful, but right. um, luckily, like, I, I think because I don't know, I'm, I'm really comfortable with the amount of success that I've had. I don't feel like anything has been overblown or scary. Right. It's all been very manageable to me. Um, so if you had yeah. a year like Taylor Swift just had, would you think that would send you into a spiral? Like, yeah. really? Why? Because I'm, I'm naturally reclusive. And, um, she might be too, but I, I just, I, I don't like, I, I'm really comfortable with this amount of success fame, which is a medium amount. <laughs> I think if I raised any further, I would not leave my house, which I rarely do anyways. I want to be able to go to restaurants and shopping and spend time in public, you know, with my son and occasionally, yes, like there's a fan that comes and like asks for a photo or just says they love my music, but it's never, um, crazy. It's always really chill. And whatever I have done, um, willingly or unwillingly to get to that point feels like a good spot because I can put food on the table. I can take care of my family and my band and my crew, but nothing is, um, mentally, ex- mentally exhausting. But you see, that's an amazingly evolved position. I always think every entertainer, because I'm putting my shit into them, sure. wants to be... Men are shits are flattering. Men's are shits yeah. are flattering. It's really a great lyric, and I hope you use it. But, uh, but, but, but what I'm saying is, to me, the goal is to be the biggest. You know, the biggest, the brightest, the best. Get all, Suck all the attention. Because that's that's what I had to live for. Yeah. I wanted everyone to be focused on me. And you even, I, where did you say it on Instagram or something that you were you were you were saying something about? I'm going through my. I was on your Instagram the other night, by the way. Fantastic. Sure. Your Instagram. That dress. What it, was that dress you were going with? It's your favorite dress. It happens to be my favorite dress too. What color? So it's silver, and you put you had to tape it because otherwise the whole thing would have opened up and you would have been naked. I have no idea. Oh, I it do. was on my Instagram. Yes, you're, you're, okay. in fact, a bunch of women are standing around you, dressing you, and like put, taping you and taping you into the outfit. Maybe and I was on tour. Um, it's a silver, silver outfit, and it okay. just opens up in the front unless you put tape okay. on it. And I'm like, this is Got fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't wear that today. No, that no, would have been really Christmassy. Yeah, um. No, this is a great outfit too. But <laughs> what I'm saying is. Um, First of all, who dresses you? Like, who picks out these outfits? Do you do that yourself? No, I, I have help. Um, her name's Danny Michelle. She's in L.A. She helps me a lot. She's the one that's like... She's fabulous. Slaying the looks. I, yeah, <laughs> right, guys? I mean, Danny, you got a uh, shout out. Yeah, Danny knows what she's doing. Yeah, easy, yeah. easy. You're She'll supposed to be professional. <laughs> Come on. Talking to your band. Everybody calm down. Now, what I'm saying is... 
that it's a great outfit Thank and this Danny or whatever her name is is doing a fabulous job. <laughs> but then you also said something sort of cryptic that like you you just cut off all your hair and mm-hmm. you're going through some sort of mental health phase, like a depressive <laughs> kind of situation. What's I going cut on? Cut all the the trauma out of my hair. What um, trauma did you cut out of your hair? Because you know I I need to know. Um, I think this year um has well for a lot of people not just me just a lot of people that are close to me have gone through it i don't know it's just i've known so many people that have gone through breakups or divorces or you went through a divorce this year right was it this year or um it's ongoing (laughs) oh it's still going hey that's the worst i was gonna ask you for some some pointers on yours (laughs) well i'll tell you what it is a horrible i don't know what your circumstances i don't you know i don't know Again, it's hard to comment on someone else's situation. I don't know if you were like kind of like, I could need to get out of this because it's just not working or he had to get out of it. You know what I mean? So it, it that sort of filters what I say here. But I will say that in my own situation, I am very, very happy now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've been in a 25 year relationship and, yeah. you know, so, you know, I wish that. For, are you dating yet? No, um, I, I would like this to sort of wrap up. I, I, I don't have the headspace for that, uh, yet, but I'm, I'm writing so much right now. That's kind of been my, my way of dating is just through song. Um, but and no. You've been, and you've been severely depressed? No, not severely. Like I, I haven't seen you since 2019, but I've right. had my son since then in 2020. So I've been very public about postpartum depression which was something i dealt with uh, in 2020 along with probably circumstantial 2020 depression too but um no i'm i'm out of all of that um i think i i don't i don't know if it's just meeting the other side and that's what this year was was 2022 it felt like a lot of things went semi back to normal i went on tour and then this year we're on the other side of that one and I just, I think that's why there's so much change and transformation happening. What happened in your postpartum depression? Did you, did you get so low that, not that you'd want to kill yourself or something, but, but like you couldn't get out of bed? Um, I mean, not quite to that extent. I think I was just starting to make like very little sense to myself and to people around me. Feeling um, useless? Uh, I mean, I felt useless in the way of I couldn't work i couldn't tour everything got canceled so that was you know partially when at the time when i'm still working through this in therapy is like attaching your entire identity to what you do for a living um which is not good um that's join the club yeah Yeah. it's 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 a tough one when you've done something for so long to not think that that's you um even though you love it and it makes you a living uh that's that's not who you are (laughs) so separating those things um was helpful uh getting on zoloft was also really cool um oh no kidding you went on are you still on it uh no i was on it for about a year and what did that do it just lifted you out of the depression yeah, it's it's just like you're living in the 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 negative, the red for a long time without realizing it that your your supply is so depleted of just serotonin, dopamine, and a lot of that is just chemical and you know having the baby and um I had like an emergency C-section, so there was just like a lot of things that didn't go to plan, but uh, everyone's okay, everyone's healthy. Uh but no, I mean the other side of that which I've been vocal about is that um it's 
it's a lot on the 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 mom and um you love your baby you're obsessed with your baby but oh my god your your body has been through a violent thing and um i there's of course you're going to be affected emotionally hormonally by it afterwards so yeah um were you upset about your uh, mood enhancers when you when you when you gain as a woman you know your body changes was that freaking out too not so much that i think on the other side it was just me not feeling like i was in my own brain safely and was it that your husband couldn't deal with you in that state or you couldn't deal with him because you were feeling so low is that what killed the uh, relationship no he was actually the one that brought me out of that state wow and, and made me recognize that i wasn't acting like myself so i really credit him and like a lot of people that were close to me for being like Marin, you do not sound like yourself you're making very little sense like you're wanting to go like have someone live else like have ryan my um husband like live elsewhere and you just stay with the baby because you like don't want anyone around and i was like yeah that that doesn't make any logical sense i'm glad someone told me that and i was also four months postpartum so the idea of living alone like with my son uh was just a ridiculous thought but it made sense to me at the time i was not in my right mind um so yeah with my loved ones helping me realize that and then also therapy um doing phone therapy at the time because it was like peak covid right and then yeah getting on antidepressants was the 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 trifecta of getting out of it and, and there's no shame in that i mean but but you don't you feel defeated sometimes too like you go oh i'm not gonna go like going on medications like i better not go on that i better not go on that that's like it's like a last resort but it's not a big deal yeah and i think the fact that it's not habit forming and just having conversations about it like really destigmatizes the fact that like first of all it takes several weeks for it to even rebuild everything right. and so you don't feel it right away um the cloud lifts kind of slowly uh but once it does everything just seems more manageable and you're completely yourself you're in your body you've got the same skills motor skills it's just it lifts the fog how did you um, know to go off it um, I think after a year, I really felt like myself again, and I could have stayed on it forever, could still be on it now, wow. and I'll never, you know, say never, but um, I think after a year, I just told my therapist, uh, I was just like, I think I'm okay to go off of it, and then I think everything had been kind of back to normal in my brain by then, so um, yeah, I hadn't felt a difference after going off of it. Well, when you're ready to date, maybe I'll set you up. We'll see. I could hook you up. You have someone in mind? You know, I set up Drew Barrymore, and Did that uh, work? I, I thought I found this great guy for her. <laughs> this dude, I thought it was going to be kismet, and then I don't know. I don't know what happened. I still don't know what happened. I don't think it, but I was sure. Maybe I'll set you up with that dude. We, I was going to say, are you going <laughs> to set her up with the same dude? Maybe I'll set you up with the same dude. Maybe you'll have better luck. I don't know. Do you have to be with someone who is as artistic as you are? Like your husband was a um, songwriter. Do you need yeah. that? Maybe it's time for you to be with like an electrician or a plumber or you know what I mean? Just like a, a normal, like a regular guy, not in show regular business. Joe. Yeah, where you can shine. <laughs> um, yeah. And I will say, because like I haven't spoken about this since it's all went down, like I, my, I'm still very close with my husband That's and good. we have our three year old son who's actually up in New York with me right now. Um, and he's amazing. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, you have kids. So oh, yeah. I feel like having this lifelong friendship with this person 
I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, yeah. No, well, I mean, listen, I, I got high hopes for you. I really, yeah, truly we, do. <laughs> I hope that gonna, all works out. We're going to do our absolute best. We both love our son so much and we love each other. Um, but yeah, it's just sometimes you got to. And Marin, yeah, right. what about uh, Bennett and Jeff who are here, the musicians here today? Are they hitting on you constantly? Uh, <laughs> no, now they're that you're both saying, married. I don't care. Kids. I mean, you know how guys are. Uh, I could, I could <laughs> Jeff, see Jeff leaving. Jeff's the newest addition to our band. Hey, um, he was on the road all hey, last hey. year. He used to be crew and graduated to to band guy last year. Had, so now that's very rare, right? Cinderella story. You yeah. mean, you mean so, Jeff? You Cinderella were, story. You were a musician, and you had to sit there and like do the setup and stuff, and yeah, and, yeah, carry, yeah. and schlep equipment around. Oh yeah, I was doing load ins. I was doing the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and were you like Marin? Would you recognize me for Christ's sake? I mean, uh, what do you have me schlepping uh, equipment? I could play these this piano. No, no, it was it was never as much like that. I I I like to think it was more just right place, right time, as a lot of things. Well, in life I heard. Are. Him sound checking the keys one day, like line checking. And I let me like, hear what you heard. Okay, Jeff, play, oh, okay. play, play, play this. You were playing what did, some what were like you playing? Disney yeah. song, or I care. <laughs> Is this Lone Star? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you heard this in the sound check. Oh, keep going. It's nice. To my eyes. That's the song. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And you, Marion, you walk by and you're doing your sound check and you go, you know, this guy who's setting up. Yeah. And then do you say to yourself, wait, maybe I'm crazy. This, maybe there's a reason he's setting up. You know well, what I mean? Like, it didn't make sense that he was really good at keys and then was doing our tracks. Right. So it's it's not very often you see like tracks guys that be amazing um, keys players. A lot of them are drummers that run tracks side stage. So I was like, is that so? I said, who is playing on stage right now? And someone was like, it's Jeff. And wow. <laughs> but we have said like jokingly from the beginning um, that Jeff had this planned from day one. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to. Be yeah, but he put in his time date. for like a year. He was make sure Marin's outside um, when I do this sound check. <laughs> All part of the plan. Did no, you no, used no, to go home to your there. wife and go, Jesus, what's wrong with this Marin? Why doesn't she recognize me? Were you were you plotting? I, I don't know what I'll do. I'll go on stage and start playing piano, and then Marin will right as she walks by. Right. No, no, no. There was never a plot, but I, I guess I would say any time that there was the the chance to sound check a few times, I bet oh, I might play a little bit of something here or there and just see what happens. Tickle but the ivories. It was a. Uh, it was not as thought out as you might like to think it was. It was a lot more uh, What's organic, funny is he, we had other people uh, auditioning, so to speak, and they'd come out and do shows. And This is Bennett, by the way. Bennett plays yeah, Bennett. guitar. Hey, for, um, for, for, yeah. uh, but Jeff would would always hear our feedback on, you know, like, well, he did this right, and he did this, you know, maybe not so good. And, and so, uh, you know, I don't know. There was, uh, I did get the inside yeah. word. I had a little leg up. How long have you been I playing could... for Marin? Uh, over eight years now. No God. kidding. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. Working on my decade here soon. Yeah. And no romance between you two, huh? No. I think the first time we met, our friend, who's actually in our band now, Rachel Beauregard, tried to like set us up because we both had gone through why a breakup. Do you, why do you look at me with that face? <laughs> well, like, I'm not trying to look like, <laughs> like with like disdain. <laughs> well, I was. we both had gone through like these massive breakups at the time. And then our friend, Rachel, who's in the band with us now, set us up. This was like nine years ago. Right. And uh, we didn't even go on a date. We were just all at a show. And um, I think like at that moment, I was like... He's cute, but 
Probably not, not getting that vibe, but I saw him play steel guitar with a friend of mine, and I was like, God, that guy's really good at steel guitar. I wonder, you know, I'm going out on the road. He can probably play real guitar, too. Um, I'm going to call him and have him come play wow. with me. And then uh, we opened for Loretta Lynn um, a few months later. But, yeah, he's been with me ever since. Eight years. Yeah. Well, that's a really long relationship in music, isn't it? I mean, yeah. really. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we've done a lot of tours, a lot of international travel and flights and some really god awful um you know, radio show uh <laughs> conference room yeah. performances for program directors. Oh god, those He's are crazy, aren't they? Like I, I don't know if people know about this, but like artists I you know, I've worked at a lot of rock stations coming up all the, over the years. And I remember artists being brought into the program director's office to do a live performance for the program director. And I was weird. like, this weird. is the almost awful. First of all, I knew these program directors. They didn't know anything. <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't have a clue. And it was ridiculous. It was demeaning in a way. It was so strange. I think it's the smell of cold cuts and the fluorescent lights <laughs> and the just empty conference room chairs. And just the one is full with the. Crazy. director's ass and then we have to like at seven in the morning just like whip out my church like one of my, my, my first single and it's it's so hard to to be charming at that hour <laughs> yes your first and single good. by the way you won a grammy for this good song The other, you know what the other performance? Uh, I don't know why I just put this up, but you know what the other performance uh, that I loved with when you were with the high women? Mm. You know, you, Brandy, um, Natalie, yeah, God, we I, were in here. You were in here, and yeah. do you do you ever? I don't know if you do this, or maybe you don't even want to admit to doing this. But I go on YouTube all the time and watch that specific performance, and it's got millions of views. And every comment underneath is, this is the best version of a Fleetwood Mac song. When you guys were doing, you know, I'll play it, uh, The Chain. Oh, wow. That was such a moment. And everybody loves the audio quality. Have you ever gone on YouTube and read the comments under there? No. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't read comments in general. Have you ever watched this performance back? Yes. It's so good. It's because so I had compelling. To it. Oh, you had to approve it, right? <laughs> but no, we uh, we just played the Gorge um, a few months ago with Brandy, the High Women did, and yeah. we had not seen each other all in like a year. But we did the Chain. It's like our one big cover in the set. And yeah, it always brings the house down. Well, listen to that harmony. Each voice perfect. I mean, wow. I love I love getting to be in a band. It's sometimes more preferable uh, for me just because you get to blend with other voices. Did I you mean, start that band or did, who called you or how does that all work? How do you get uh, Amanda Shires and Brandy Carlisle started it oh. and Brandy reached out to me. Actually, the week Girl came out and I was about to have, have this full year of my tour and album rollout. And Brandy was just like, do you want to be in this 
four-person band called the high women and um i didn't even hesitate i was just like yes <laughs> like when she calls you come yeah and, right yeah uh, so i amazing. think that yeah they're they're all so incredible i miss them so much i love them i hope we can get together soon and do some more more music what's that like do you guys call each other all the time or is it like when you're not with them you guys just lose touch what's it like uh, Natalie, uh, my bandmate, uh, she and I have been writing f- the entire time I've been in Nashville. She's written a lot of my songs with me. So, uh, we were friends before. I know I, we all stay in touch because we love each other, but right. yeah, it is tough with just like, kids and we all have solo careers and then also we're scattered all across the U.S. So, um, but I know our fans and myself, I know we all want an, another album. So we need to get our shit together. Anyway, you were gracious enough to come in with the guys today because we thought it would be fun well i don't know if fun's the right word but it's certainly a cool thing to remember people who passed away recently and we uh you know uh christine mcvee from fleetwood mac i mean i was i was playing some of the songs that she wrote as a songwriter you got to be blown away by or you make love and fun Unbelievable song, right? Yeah, this one. Not bad. And what about this? Really, I mean, great songs. And she died. She was 79 years old. Did you know her personally? No, God, I wish. Um, I mean, that band has had such a, a deep songwriting effect on me uh, between her and Stevie. Um, I... I, I think it's one of the most, she is one of the most beautiful vocalists and piano players in the world, uh, Christine. And um, the song we're doing today, I'm really glad that y'all let me do it because this was the song my mom walked down the aisle to. Songbird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A- you, your mom walked down. So you knew this song as a little girl. You knew. You... I haven't told her that I'm performing it today. So she's going to be, she's going to lose her shit. Have you ever performed this before for her? No, I've never sung this before today. Oh, really? Well, I mean, we—I've sung it in my car for like decades. No, no of course. Yeah, this what, is my first time performing it. What is this? Uh, because because we want to honor people who passed away recently, and we thought of Christine McVie right away. Because like you, I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. I think that band, uh, Lindsey Buckingham was great. That was a perfect band, right? Lindsey's a great guitar player, right, Bennett? Monster. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Picking thing is nuts. And he, yeah, the picking thing. Yeah, but um, so. So the song, what the hell is Songbird about to you? When I revisit it now um, at the age I'm at and the point of life I'm in, I just think of my son Um, because it obviously has this somber quality to the the take because it's a one take recording. Um, But. I think my favorite thing when I was kind of looking at why she wrote this or how she wrote this was that it wasn't about anyone in particular. She was like, it's about nobody and everybody. And those are the best songs or just they're universal. They don't have to be specific. It just makes you feel something so deeply emotional. And yeah, I don't know. It was, it was like my son was the, the image that popped into my head when I was, um, relearning this. Um, but you know, so many people have w- had weddings to this song, funerals, dog funerals. Um, so it's just one of those songs that applies to all situations. 
Yeah, it's it's a great song, and I think the perfect song to play. She said that she wrote it in thirty minutes. Yeah, like she was like I don't know, it just popped in her head, and she said it was like being visited, and then she was nervous about. She hadn't written it down, so she was like keeping it in her head. She was so nervous about it. Yeah. I mean, that must be a horrible feeling when you know you have something great and there's no pen around or recorder or anything. Yeah. I mean, not having my phone to to sing melodies that pop into my head into. Um, I mean, if Apple decided to shut down voice memos, I would be so screwed because there's just hundreds of files in there that have not been written yet. But I thought was cool for a moment and will eventually write. But I would be so sad if it, everything got deleted so if i listened in on your voice memos is it like a five second kind of like or is it like more of a two minute kind of melody that you put down on that tape um i would say a lot of it are just really short fragments of something so you'd probably listen to it and it would have no contextual like what would i like, hear this is what, a crazy person what would a fragment sound like like something that that you would put down on a voice memo if I don't have the words, I mean, oh God, I don't, I'm trying to think of one recently that I've put in there, but it's always something completely gibberish. Like in the car, you hear the whiz of the car, you know, around it. And it's just like, ah, 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 and I won't have words. And then I'll somehow pull it out in the right the next day and put Jeez. something to it. Do you back up your phone constantly? Because if you lose that, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I should have another backup system, though, like email them to myself or some other form. But And Jeff, before Marin sings this song and you play it on piano and Bennett does it on guitar, Christy McVie was a keyboard player. Did she have was she a great keyboard player? What what was her style? Was Is there a, a Christy McVie style? I mean, I feel like it's it's more the the way that she played has a certain kind of like the expression of of who she is the the kind of person that she was just comes through like at this recording it's like you hear you hear the song and her playing is it wouldn't be what the song is without her also playing the piano at the same time and it, it's just one of those things where i feel like who she was just kind of like came through the instrument really well as all the, the best musicians do you know there's like an expressiveness about it that that i appreciate now I think uh, Lindsey Buckingham was like side stage, yeah, doing acoustic to keep yeah. the tempo for her, just playing acoustic. But you can hear a little bit of the the leak of it. Who is the greatest keyboard player that ever lived? Oh, jeez, who is it? I, I can't answer that question. What do you mean you can't answer that? I, 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 you're paid. You know what? I'm going to put you back in uh, schlepping the uh, equipment if you don't answer that question. <laughs> is it Elton John? Is it Billy Joel? Who is it? I, 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 it's, it's not my place to say. It's not my place to say. But but I mean, there's. There are some big names, Elton John, sure, but yeah. I mean, Bruce Hornsby, pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Keith okay. Jarrett, pretty amazing. Right. I mean, what I, about I, Liberace? Don't forget, Liberace? that's right. That's Let's right. Go I mean, I, it's, back. it's, like, it's not my place to pick the one. Beethoven, really good. All right, let's get in the mood, Marin. Okay. Um, this is a song we're remembering. Christine McVie, she died at seventy-nine years old. Uh, Marin's thinking of her son when she sings this. I'm thinking of Marin when she sings this. I mean, who knows what it's anyone's... It's all good, though. Okay, so we're going to get in the mood, and we're going to remember Christine McVie, who passed away. Here we go.
thinking about during that it's hard for me to wrap my head around that the woman who wrote that song is gone like she doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. it's shocking right yeah it felt so sudden too but oh my gosh i know it's so cliche i it's hard not to 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 think of myself not comparing myself to christine but if i'm when i'm gone what are the songs that people will listen to and have that same reaction feeling? yeah um i don't know it just makes me feel closer to music in those moments um like not saying that we all have to leave some legacy to feel like we were valid humans but um oh my gosh she left so much behind that we get to enjoy and yeah, don't you think like songwriters are maybe more sensitive than the rest of us or tap into that sensitivity and that emotion. It's the only way you could write a great song, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, I can definitely tell you that we're m- more sensitive. Um, but <laughs> I think, no, it's, it's one of my favorite things. And you started this segment with the Willie Nelson song. I mean, one of the most incredible songwriters in the world also, and also with Christine. And my God, hearing a man be so vulnerable right. is so disarming and hot. <laughs> it's hot, but don't you also, aren't you shocked? When you, you know, because you're famous now and you, you know, you've achieved success, you do get to meet certain of your idols who have written great songs and they can be the biggest assholes. They're completely unaware unless they're writing a song. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you almost don't want to meet the people who write some of these songs. Yeah. It's, I, I, I luckily have had mostly good interactions with my heroes. I haven't had one big, you know, let down my right. god that's going to change the way i view their music but um so i'm lucky in that regard because i know some nightmare stories of people meeting people they <laughs> yeah, love i know, I know. they I- suck but you're probably onto something is that they can only access their self-awareness when they're writing a song yeah and their it's humanity. weird yeah um that that tracks i'm sure. like how did that person write that song it doesn't make sense yeah, and then they have these like rules outside of a songwriting capacity where it's like no one make eye contact with me. Right. I don't want you to acknowledge my humanity and I won't acknowledge yours, but only through song. And it's right. it's weird. I never want to get to that level. I well, don't think I could. I think you'd probably cut me down to size. You'd be like, You're being a dick. I'd yell at you. Yeah. Marry I would being want a dick. you to. I would have to I would have to straighten you out. Listen, <laughs> I want to thank you for doing this today. In fact, um you went first. You honored uh, Christine McVie. Um, but you know Stevie Nicks. You worked with Stevie Nicks. Yeah, so that, that, had, that, that had to be a thrill. Yeah, I I mean, oh my God. Stevie herself is just a, a goddess along with Christine. Um, and just in terms of songwriting, I don't know how you have a higher, sharper caliber than those yeah. two. Well, what we're going to do the rest of the morning, we're going to remember some more people. Charlie Puth's going to uh, come on next live. Um Adam Levine is going to remember uh, Sinead O'Connor. It's going to be yeah. real. It's going to be great. And uh, Charlie is. I know you've worked with Charlie. Mm-hmm. Charlie's fantastic. Yeah. And we got a, uh, a stacked morning. We got a stacked morning. And now, uh, well, first, let me thank you. We plug in anything. You going out on tour, or we? What do we? What do we want to tell people to do? We can uh, direct people. They they seem to listen when you tell them over the radio. Um, I, I'm writing right now, uh, so deep in creation mode, but I was so excited when y'all asked us to come and kind of end end our year with you. Um, so, uh, nothing to plug for me right now. Um, but I, I would say I'm just here on my own whim, uh, as a fan of y'all's and despair. And I will find you love. Don't worry. I'll get in touch with you. (laughs) They always have. I got some guys, I mean, really, uh, very, very masculine, but but top top notch quality guys. I really don't know anyone. Well, you have a great track record with playing Cupid. Oh yeah. I'm real good (laughs) at it. I'm excited to see the the (laughs) list of bachelors. I don't think it's ever worked out but i'll keep trying um but let me just say marin thank you for being so generous with your time and bennett and jeff fantastic uh jeff i was worried we'd have to send you back to being like a roadie <laughs> yeah, he's gonna load out after this yeah, yeah exactly yeah. You just to keep you keep you going strong that's right that's um right. dave matthews came into my studio to pay tribute to jimmy buffett oh, wow. and dave and jimmy have uh rabid fan bases who love uh the live concert experience 
So, uh, Dave Matthews said, let me sing a Jimmy ballad. He's going to do a Pirate Looks at 40. And uh, so, uh, from Marin Morris and Christine McVie to Dave Matthews, let's remember Jimmy Buffett, who died this year. A Pirate Looks at 40. Mother, Mother Ocean have heard your call and wanted to sail upon your waters since I was three feet tall. You've seen it all. You've seen it all. I watched the man who rode you switch from sails to steam and in your belly you hold a treasure few have ever seen or most of them dream most of them dream yes I am a pirate 200 years too late the cannons don't thunder there's nothing to plunder I'm an over 40 victim of fate arriving too late Driving too late Done my share of smuggling Run my share of grass So I made enough money to buy Miami But I pissed it away so fast It's never meant to last Never meant to last Well, I've been drunk now for over two weeks I passed out and I rallied and I sprung a few leaks Oh, but I gotta stop wishing, I got to go fishing I'm down at rock bottom again It's just a few friends Just a few friends I go for younger women Live with several little wives No, I ran them away Come back someday And still could manage A smile Just takes a while It just takes a while Mother, mother ocean After all these years I found my occupation A hazard being My occupation's just not around I feel like I've drowned feel like I'm drowned I feel like I'm drowned On the head of town Just in and Dave Matthews uh, saluting uh, Jimmy Buffett, Marin with Krista McVie. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm assuming we're playing this for uh, David Crosby, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's such beautiful music these people made. You're right. Yeah. And they're not here anymore. They were so alive and they were so productive. 
That Mara Morris is something. Oh. Yeah. See, every time you get a great singer in here, I'm like, I'm supposed to sound like I know. You do. You do. <laughs> to me, you do. Um, Charlie Puth. He's going to honor today. Uh, this is, so, first of all, hey, Charlie, how are you? How you doing, Howard? Good to see you. Um, oh, I'm hearing a delay. You are? A big delay. We big can delay. fix it. Let's see. second delay. Let's see, if the guys, let's see if the guys can fix it. If they don't, it's really going to suck. It's in space. Charlie's going to be in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, because, even though he, you've got an apartment in Manhattan now, but uh, you're going to be in yeah. Hollywood. You're in Hollywood now. What are you doing I'm out in, there? I'm in Hollywood. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, the, the the delay is so disorienting. I'll try and work my way through it while. Well, you want it. you want me to uh, you want me to take a little uh, break and uh, let them work it out. Check check check. Yeah, I think so because I'm I'm hearing crazy delay right now. Oh. You mean every time you talk, you hear an echo? Yeah, like it's I, I say talk and then I hear talk. Oh, like, that ain't gonna work. Hear... It's like you're on acid, but. Yeah, it it does feel like. <laughs> I I wish you could hear what I'm hearing. It's it's like it's like my voice duplicated like 15 times. Oh, that's awful. Well, I tell you what, I'll um I'll I'll go away. I'll okay. Robert and I can vamp, and they'll fix. You guys it. know what I'm talking about, right? Everyone hearing this? Okay, they're they're scrambling. I yeah, because you sound good on my end. Yeah, we can't hear that. I'll talk check, to Robert. Check, I'll check. talk about you. Well, let me okay, let yeah. me while they're working on that. Let me just say that. Uh, we contacted Charlie, said, hey, we're trying to do a year-end special where we, you know, we want to talk about some musicians who uh, passed away. And Charlie, I think it was Charlie's idea. Charlie said, let me honor Burt Bacharach, which wow. is really, um, I thought that was a really great idea. Yeah. Like, you know, I wouldn't pick Burt Bacharach, but Charlie's a piano player, great, a great piano player. And he was like, wow, I really dig uh, Burt Bacharach. So he's going to... Wrote many, many, many hits. Hey, hey, I'll give you a, a sample of all the hits. Yeah. That, you, how's it working now? Is it better? It's 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 working now. Is or, it? No, it's now. It's not. Oh, <laughs> I right, go away again and, and, right, and don't come back till it works. <laughs> Shit. And and it's so great. Charlie's sitting there at a big. We got him a big like baby grand piano. Yeah. It's going to be really good, good if we can fix this technical problem. But anyway, getting back to Burt Bacharach. We figured um, when, when Charlie said he wants to honor him by doing a song of his, I thought, well, that makes sense because Burt Bacharach was a great composer and a great, um, you know. He was everywhere. And a great piano player. So, yeah. Uh, and there were, he, he wrote for a lot of people. I'll give you a medley of his hits. Walk on by that Dion Warwick did. If you see me walking down the street. I mean, amazing hits. Each time we meet, walk on by. I'll give you another one. Walk on by. What the world needs now, Jackie DeShannon. Yeah. I remember hearing this thinking. Oh, you know what I got to play? Uh, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, which was uh, B.J. Thomas. Yeah. And it was from the movie Butch Cats, Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which was... That's what he wrote from uh, movies, too. He wrote from movies, too. Raindrops keep falling on my head. And 
The dude was super successful. He died. When did he die? This year, if we're remembering him, right? Let's see. February, if you can Oh, is that you, Charlie? Yes, that is me, but I still... Oh, there you are. Wait, you still got that echo going? Do I still have the echo? No, I don't. You don't? We fixed it. In, in, there we go. He passed away in February, I believe. So, Charlie, did you know Burt Bacharach? I have a feeling like you might have known the dude. No, I, I never I, I never got to meet him. Um, uh, I, I, I wish I uh, got to meet him because um, I'm strongly influenced still today in my writing but you're like a super young guy like how do you even know Bert Bacharach how do you like when you said hey I'll, I want to be a part of this I want to honor someone who died where do you come up with the name Bert Bacharach well so I'm I so I just turned 32 so I'm not like super young but I, I in in 2003 this is a bit random but and by the way that is super when, young Charlie 32 <laughs> no, it's, it's super young okay it's, it's super young oh, by the way but, did you uh so are you married yet or are you still engaged I'm 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 engaged now so last time we spoke I was uh I I was smi I I looked at the footage back and I was uh smiling because I had it in my head I knew that I was going to ask her soon and it was like right after your show yeah charlie was on what year was that you were on when was that um i think that was this this year i think that was in march was it march charlie right? comes on yeah. i don't know we were bullshitting and then um i was asking you about dating and stuff and you said hey i think i found the right yeah. girl and then uh -huh. how long since that uh, conversation after we had that conversation when did you propose September fifth at this is uh, a bit cheesy, but we we love the numbers eleven eleven. It's her favorite time, and I went to um, my friend in New Jersey. I picked up the ring, and I was so nervous that I went to uh, Gianni's Pizza in Little Silver, New Jersey. had had a Sicilian slice, had tons of heartburn, had to take a lot of Pepsid, and uh, watched the longest episode of Suits ever. <laughs> And uh, I, I, I just said, uh, uh, it's eleven eleven. What do, what do you always wish for? And she was like, to be married to you. I'm like, well, that's a great answer. Will you marry me? And then that was it. That you, you did you get that on the knee? I did. In our and it was it was special too because our our apartment, um, all the all the furniture is backed up on 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 order. I don't know what's going on. There's still no couch, but uh, we had a makeshift couch and just did it there in kind of a. It was it was very picturesque. Did you call her parents beforehand to ask for her hand in marriage? Yeah, I, I spoke to out of respect. I, I spoke to um, her dad first, and then and then her mom. Oh, that's classy. You know, most mm -hmm. dudes call the dad. They they forget to call the mom, and then the moms like hate them for the rest of their lives. The fact that you called them both was a very classy move. I didn't know that. That's, yeah, why, yeah. Why wouldn't you? If both parents are around, why wouldn't you tell? Both I don't know. Like, like 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 a lot of moms will go, what what they what do they think? And what I didn't raise her like he <laughs> well, I mean, they should ask both of us for God's sake. <laughs> so your your mom, my mom would say that <laughs> she had rules. Um, yeah. yeah. So so oh, this is exciting. So when's the wedding? The wedding is. I will keep that to myself. But why? It will be, What's uh, the secret? Because I don't want my my biggest fear um, is it because it's going to be small and intimate. My my biggest fear is for people who weren't invited showing up. Oh really? And, uh, and you guys like me, yeah, I might actually just show up. I might <laughs> just walk in. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I I saw a funny compilation right as I was on my ride over here of all the things that you hate. I I hate photographs. I hate socializing. I <laughs> I, I hate when people who aren't invited to a thing show up. Do you uh, when you propose to your girlfriend now uh, fiance? Did you have a guy uh, video the proposal? No, I I I didn't because. I just thought that was a bit cheesy, and we're so glued to our phones all all the time. I my phone congratulated me the other day for only being on it for eleven and a half hours a day. <laughs> so I, I I I thought I might as well like savor this moment like a uh, like pre cell phone. So I I kind of just like taped her uh, uh, maybe thirty minutes before I asked her, and I'm like here we are in our empty apartment. Maybe I'll share that video one day. And do people judge the size of the because you're famous and you've had hit music and you work with all these great people and you go on tour? Mm -hmm. Do people say, "Oh, the diamond"? In other words, there's an expectation that you spent a lot of money and got a really big diamond. Is that correct? I I I, I guess I don't really take that into account. I had just heard her talking to her mom one day. I don't even know if she knows this. I had heard her talking to her mom on the phone saying that. If she were to get engaged, she would love a pear-shaped ring. And I just remember, I, I didn't even know what a pear-shaped ring was. And it looked like a teardrop. I thought it was, uh, and I didn't see a lot of people with it. So I, I called my guy and in, in my, my friend Alan in Red Bank, New Jersey, um, who, uh, who I believe, where I believe Pete McAfee is from. I ran into him one time in Starbucks. That, that's medicated. You mean medicated Pete? Uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> random. I don't know why. When you met Medicaid, right Pete, were Bank. you blown out? Were you like, wow, this guy's a superstar? I I was online at Starbucks getting a peppermint mocha, and I, I was like, are you <laughs> Medicaid Pete? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm Charlie. And he was like, cool. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> but anywho, yeah, I, I saw the pear-shaped ring. And I'm like, this is this is perfect. Apparently, there was like one left in the world or something like that. By the way... I, this is totally random, but you know, I keep tabs on you because you know we stay in touch. You and I, you know, every once in a while we yeah. write each other. I, I believe I called you kind of after um, I had done it too. Yes, and uh, talking to you on the phone is like talking to you like right now, which is why I always look forward to these. Yeah, and I will call you after this, whatever, no matter what happens. But mm -hmm. this was something I read that I said I got to remember to ask Charlie this. You believe you have a very nice physique, and you like to walk around nude. In your backyard, <laughs> hoping someone will see you—is this true or false? Yeah, that that was a, that was a time in my my life where I was uh, oversharing things. And, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I decided to flip. The, I decided to flip that switch off when I when when I when I got engaged. I don't I don't know why. I kind of look back at that. I'm like, you will what? no longer be Did, walking around nude uh, now that you're engaged. Yeah, I will. No, well, I mean, I still do, but do. maybe I won't uh, go to every outlet and. Talk about it, Charlie. Let's. I don't want to run out of time because this is a beautiful morning, and you've been kind enough to be a part of this. We called you and said, "Hey, we want to honor um, musicians who have passed away recently." We thought that would be yeah. a good way to do our last show of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, Marin Morris just uh, did Christine McVie, but uh, when you said, "I want to do Burt Bacharach," it really did take me aback because you were. You know, you're a young guy. Mm. You're 32 years old. Uh, but, but, but why was Burt Bacharach great? It, it because he was trained as a jazz 
pianist, jazz musician, and it goes with my theory that, and I think we kind of touched on this last time, that some of the best writer, producers, musicians just tend to have a jazz background. I don't know what it is. I think it's the, like, can you hear that piano? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I love the, when you play. The, uh, you, you were playing, like, uh, even just like, Walk On By, which just by, uh, it just has two chords. Dun, 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 dun. It's, it's not... Uh, Anybody else would just use G minor, A minor, which is fine, but like it's the notes that stick together, which is a very. Uh, what do you mean? You, you you know you've explained this stuff to me before, and I really do want to understand. Uh -huh. I'm not understanding. So, what is it so great that, about those two chords? It's dissonance and instant resolve. So if you have a triad, a triad is fine. One two three, one two three triad, and resolving to another triad but if you put one two three four instead of one two three you put this note those two notes played together are very ugly the minor second but when you put the g in there and the d in there now put it all together it's no surprise that he wrote his for herb albert i mean he gave herb albert his first number one song in the the 80s and um play a little of that uh, what was the song that he wrote i don't remember that oh, one you know okay. I, I just, I'll, I'll name some here what the world needs now you know that one what like he had ju like juicy chord changes is what i call them like david foster like it's just a feeling that it's it's kind of hard to explain but just it's just a it, it feels thick to me that's 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 the best way i can describe it so when you hear a burt Bacharach song you don't look at it like oh that's old-fashioned it's corny this no these these no they, these songs sold millions and millions and millions of records yeah a and i mean what was the song uh how could I forget? I'm going to play all the songs that I'm not performing. But Good, play How could I forget you, girl, when there's always something there to remind me? One of the best pop songs ever written. He had written that, I don't remember for who before, but they um, had redone it, and it became a massive hit in the 80s. So his career spanned from, like... 60s 70s 80s and the 90s and even recently with doja cat uh uh with paint the town red sampling uh walk on by so it, so it's, it's, it's when you were inspiring. a kid who turned you on to bird Bacharach? who who like how did you get this wealth of you know background musical knowledge the first bird Bacharach song i heard was they long to be close to you by the carpenters and my mom used to play it as my my pump up song for karate and it's a weird choice to play uh i guess karen carpenter uh the, the carpenters before you go play a sport but um there's a lyric and you'll hear it when i when i play it uh on the day that you were born the angels got together and decided to create a dream come true and uh there's another lyric that's uh, uh that's why all the girls in town follow you all around and my mom was like she she would always like you know pump me up she'd be like you're a good looking boy charlie otto uh all that's why all the girls follow you the, the, all the girls want to hear you play the piano it's, it was my pump up song it's like a ballad so it's kind of a juxtaposition charlie i couldn't believe you picked this one. my wife and this is our karaoke song my wife and i do this together <laughs> really? uh yeah we've, we've performed it many times on this show 
So you picking this Burt Bacharach song is so great. And it is a great song. Did he wrote the lyrics or did he just write the music? I believe Hal, Hal wrote the lyrics and I believe he wrote the music. And um, I don't know everything. So if I'm misspeaking about anything, I'm sure someone's screaming at their radio right now. But I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just one of my favorite songs ever because I guess it's the first. Uh, and the second one was in the Austin Powers movie. It wasn't uh, uh, the version that was uh, famously done, but the Austin Powers. Uh, What's it all about, Austin? And uh, Austin Powers, a uh, gold member with Mike Myers. And I was like, well, that's a really good song for a funny movie. Who? And I found the credits and it was a song beforehand. His yeah. songs have long legs and I want my songs to have long legs. Yeah, the song is Alfie. When you look at a guy like Burt Bacharach, who was 94 and died this year, Mm -hmm. um, you say, man, how does one guy write that many great songs? It, it, because it, it's the mystery of life. Like some guys can write one song, that's it, and hey, God bless him. But this guy just kept cranking them out. I, 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 I think it has to do something with being um, very in tune with society and the musical happenings that are all around, but also having the music background too. I mean, you don't need to have a huge music background to be a famous musician but or or excess training but he happened to have a lot of training and you can just hear it in his music and it can be recycled and played and over and over again you know what was a huge hit remember uh i see i don't know if you remember this stuff this is an old reference tom jones did what's new pussycat did you know that song What's new, pussycat? Yeah. La, la, la. Not my favorite, but I... <laughs> right. Well, I, you I know what, know though? <laughs> but he, he seemed to be able to collaborate with good people. I mean, he'd get good... I mean, Dionne Warwick was, like, one of the best singers around. I mean, you know. Did he... F I, I believe he, f like, found her. I believe he yeah. signed her. Yeah, and, it's crazy. And, and, and then had a... Uh, in 85 keep smiling that's a good one so, uh, the, and it was you know it was very interesting and uh, it's also but you had paul simon recently on your show as well like a lot of these songs are rooted in in gospel like you listen to uh, uh he paul had written that after listening to um a gospel song from the early days that's now kind of escaping my memory but um you listen to that's what friends are for it's kind of the same it's in the same key but it's uh it, it's it's kind of the same situation that's a very church-like in a pop song that seems to always resonate in pop music hey man i said it to marin when she was here. i don't understand how you guys write songs like 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 okay this dude hal david wrote the lyrics but like what would bert do just sit at the piano and he and he what'd he do he just bang out a what do you, I don't even know what the fuck you'd do i don't understand you, just it. Kind of, you, you don't write anything i mean i guess some some people do write things down, but I mean, when uh, and Elton John came over to, um, we, we were working on something, and forgive me if I've told this story before, but we, when he came over, he just sat down and just started, like, like, playing, didn't write anything down, played three, usually I make a mistake and have to go back and re-record something, he played three and a half minutes of what would end up being the entire piano part, so I think these guys just sit down and and girls just like sit down and just like whatever comes out of them that's how i wrote see you again too it just fell out of me I, it's hard to explain you mean you just sit down because i'm taking notes yeah you sit down oh. 
and mm-hmm. a song falls out of me. <laughs> right. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it's, it's, it. Like, 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 what, what did you, like, in other words, when that song fell out of you, what fell out of you? Play for me what fell out of you. Well, what it was all about what was going on in the environment that I was in. It was 2014. I was excited to be in L.A. There were some publishers that wanted to sign me. And I went into this fancy recording studio and I was working with some people who made like records for like Flo Rida and Enrique Iglesias. And I was just excited to be in the room. And they were working on something that sounded like very 2014 at the time, like a dance record. Like... I think it was a and I was like guys what if we deleted all that because it didn't sound very good we were just kind of like adding instruments and no, no song was actually written instead of it being just simple like and then when I did that it's been a long day and when I had um done that i i guess the songwriter justin who i wrote that song with was going through a loss as as well and we didn't communicate that to each other but we just it it just kind of happened so it's it's just i don't know the power of music just feeling it's crazy burt Bacharach had feeling burt Bacharach had feeling and i'm really glad you chose burt Bacharach because quite frankly i probably would have overlooked him in this uh little tribute we're doing at the end of the year for artists who have passed away so let's uh hey uh, I won't interrupt by doing my karaoke version, but uh, this is you, you doing uh, Close to You. Yeah. Why do birds suddenly appear Every time you are near Just like me, they long to be close to you. Why do stars fall down from the sky every time you walk by? Just like me, they long to be close to you. you were born, the angels got together and decided to create a dream come true. So they sprinkled among us in your air of golden starlight in your eyes of blue. That is why all the girls in town follow you. Just like me, they long to be close to you. Why 
song dude my god I, I i i guess that's what it is to go to a charlie puth concert i i just want to sit and watch you do this all day you sitting there with the piano what kind of piano is that it's a yamaha is it's it, a we, real piano this, the last time i played a synthesizer this is the uh we've we've upgraded yeah this is nice it's a good look too but man now that's the carpenter's version right they so yeah, uh, uh, I should have said that before. Yeah, that's the Carpenters. Version. In other words, Richard Carpenter was the Carpenters were Karen Carpenter and Richard Carpenter, and yeah, uh, Karen's California. Yeah, and Richard rearranged Burt Bacharach's song, mm -hmm. and that's the version you like. And it became it was the first time it became a number one hit. It was there? It was a number one hit for them in 1970. And I and I remember her doing it somewhere, like on TV. I saw her doing it on TV. And she was kind of a tragic figure, too, Karen, because, you know, she had anorexia yeah. and people would just mm -hmm. comment on it all the time. And I know, you know, uh, and but she had um, one of the most pitch perfect. And this is before auto tune anything. This is the most pitch perfect voice still today. I mean, you see her uh, sing, sing a song and a simple. There's a performance of her seeing that in Japan with a bunch of school children. And she's just dead on pitch it's just it's miraculous so i th i think it's a combination of his production and vocal layering um i mean i'm very influenced by by the carpenters it's weird because it's not a cool thing to say you know you're supposed to say well that zeppelin the stones you know but but the carpenters and they say yeah. and, and not only that would always freak me out she would sing while she was playing the drums that um, is, yeah that's it, wild to me <laughs> to keep rhythm and sing that she she wasn't like screaming. She was like, "I'm on top of the world," and like, keeping rhythm. It was crazy. Now I also like when you do that song and you play the trumpet with your mouth. That's uh, that was that took me by surprise. That was a good choice. It took me by surprise. It, it was a last minute decision. It the, the, felt hard to do. That's pretty. Wow. <laughs> It's great. Kind of her album. Do you, you, do you sit at the piano all day and just have weird sounds coming out of you and doing trumpet and playing piano? I, I would think being Charlie Puth would be the most entertaining. Like, just put me in a room with a piano and let me just sit and play all day. Is that the life? The, 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 it is the life. The best thing. I have a big 11-foot Steinway in my, in my living room. And my... Uh, 
my decorator friend begged me not to put it in there because she said it messed up the feng shui of the room and i just i just don't care i wanted a concert grand in my in my living room robin i i i just i needed it to happen and um i it's constant entertainment for me if i'm ever feeling down or uninspired i just play songs and i'm just i don't need to watch tv i just and i'm constantly entertained by my thoughts you play every day every day and you'll just sit down and just go like if i was in your house and i was like you know just staying there and you sat mm -hmm. down at the piano what would i hear what would it be like what would a session be like um i mean i always start off with a song that i wish i wrote um another person we lost uh jimmy buffett that I, I would play the men down to San Francisco for the Labor Day weekend show. Come Monday, it'll be all right. Now, that's a simple song, but it's like has some layers to it. Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I said, four lonely days in a brown L.A. haze and I just want you back by my side. And I don't know what he was thinking, but he went in a good way. He went, I can't help it, honey. It's like that is some, some sort of innate jazz thing too and i would listen to that and be like well maybe i want to make a bridge with a little or maybe i'll like i can flip the chords around because you can't get copyright uh for um flipping chords around you can if if you steal the song yeah it's just the chords are just available for everybody oh that's so really interesting songs. that's really interesting to me like you'll be sitting there playing a song that you love and that'll lead you into writing your own song yeah um, wow I, and, and then thinking of songs that have similar chord changes and wondering if the artist that wrote that song was listening to the other artist and there's just I, and then i'll look at my phone and three hours will have gone by and i'm just late for the thing that i was supposed to be on time for but it's worth it i am so envious of that that you can do that anytime you can entertain yourself like that and just you know and understand that language of music the way you do wow i can't think of anything better like um um in other words yesterday you're like 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 you're sitting there and thinking of a song or like do you ever hear a song on the radio or something in your house and then you go, let me see if I can play that. Is that another kind of rush for you to get to the piano? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, um, I remember, I, re I remember when I heard Without Me by Eminem on, uh, Z100's Nine at Nine at Night. And it was a Dr. Dre beat and kick and snare. And I heard the saxophone, which came from a Korg Triton, which I ended up begging my parents to buy for me and then the line was and it that was the first time i had heard and i think i was like 11 at the time but it was the first time i had heard something that really didn't have chords it was just intervals and i thought to myself well i can make i i haven't but one day I, i'll i'll write a song that has no chords and just has a, a line playing constantly like a snap your fingers by Lil john i'm kind of getting into like the mid 2000s like rap era but um it's the same thing as walk on by when you hear the trumpet but that has the chords under it it's just it's it's nice to have like a melody playing so i i'm, I'm you get lost listening in it. you get you get lost in it 
I got lost right now. I forgot I was on the Howard Stern show. I'm like, I got to yeah. be kind of concise. And there's other people that are waiting. Now, it's funny, too, that you, uh, yeah, by the way, Adam Levine is going to close out the show. Your buddy, right? You love Adam. Yeah. My, you, you guys I, know each other. I just, yeah, he just uh, he just waved at me. And the, I, I didn't know who, these windows are so tinted. I was like, who's this doing a dance move with a mustache in front of me right now? And it was Adam. Yeah, he'll be hearing him. How do you guys know each other, by the way, Charlie? How do you and Adam become close friends? I met Adam. When did I meet Adam? I met, we were, I was driving with my friend, um, um, uh, who I write lyrics with. My, my, we were writing a song, and uh, Adam was on. The, he knows Adam, and he, Adam was on the side of the road, and he was like, "Do you want to join us for lunch?" And we, we, we went in and just ended up spending a couple hours uh, together and became uh, good, good friends. I, I, I think I pretty much lived at his house for uh, like a, a good month. Is uh, that right? Say. How does that happen? Yeah, he has a, a had a very nice house, and I was like, "Wow, this is inspiring for me. I want to." Like I, I want a sauna <laughs> in my house one day. You mean you mean so you meet Adam, you become friends with him, and you say to him, mm -hmm. "Hey, your house inspires me. Can I stay here for a month?" Well, that's not the reason why. I, I, I'm very uh, impressed with him uh, musically too, and how he is able to uh, again, like like write hits for twenty plus years and. Um, I think one of the first, you know, I, I, he has a piano at his house and I, one of the first things I said to him was like, I was really, how did you write? Because that's a very unusual Play a little thing. That, Please. Uh, queen of only 18, she, hey, she. It's just such a cool melody. Has some trouble with herself. Two chords. Like, dissonant and uh resolve like dissonant resolve he understands that really well in in his music with his band does he um, understand it or it just comes out of him i think he does yeah um but i also think it does just naturally come out of him so was your desire was it was it a little bit more devious like you say to yourself hey this guy's a really great songwriter and a great musician let me go to his house and maybe we'll write together drink all his water yeah <laughs> use up um, all his water I don't, you know what, we've, we, I think we've played together before, um, on the, on the voice and maybe a couple of other things, but I don't, I don't think we've ever but Charlie, written anything. Charlie, how do you, as a musician, spend a month at a dude's house and, and you play the piano and there's a piano there? How do you end up not, like, trying to write something together? I just, we just, we just had too much fun as buddies. I do, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll get around to it, but. I don't understand uh, that. There's a, I mean, to be fair, um, when I, I I wrote a song for another artist, and I was friends with the other writer on that song for two years, and I had never written anything. They're a prominent pop writer, and I had never written anything with them. And then one day, it just like kind of happened. You can't really like force these things. You, no. Adam and I can't like sit down and be like, okay, now it's time to write a song. It just doesn't. It it, it will probably end up like shit. It it never it never works that. It can't feel like a homework assignment. Maybe I should uh, just throw you two in the room right now and have you write a song. That'll. Uh, could you do that? You think? Do you think you'd have a a melody in your head or something on the piano that you could play for Adam right now and say, go ahead, try and see if you can come up with something with that. Maybe I I I don't know like this early. It is six a.m. for for us, so maybe our minds are just like kind of. Are you distracted uh, right now up. by music in your head, Charlie? 
Do you hear I, something I right how, now? How, how can you? How did you know that? I can see it. Can see me. I can see you, and I see. There, I think there's a song in you right now. What is in your head right now? The, like, I, I'm I'm replaying my performance I just did of Close to You, and and I love the. And I'm like now I'm thinking if I can make him like or maybe I'm thinking. New song. It's it's great music is recycled, and uh, so in other words, you're talking to me, but you're distracted right now because you're thinking of close to you, and now you're sorry, and now you know I love this. Believe me, I'm not all that interesting. And now you're re <laughs> you're rewiring the song close to you, and then you just wrote a song. I see that that could be a good song. You just were belting out. There. Maybe, uh, um, and and if it's not, I mean, when I when I wrote a, a attention, it used to sound like uh, uh, this. It used to sound like a classical song. And then I kind of sat on it for like almost a year and then one day just woke up and heard the bass like so you never know um when an opportunity could come along to use something like that and then it turns into I recorded those vocals on a tour bus in Ohio. Why do you do it on a tour bus? I mean, you can't get great sound on a tour bus, can you? No, and and the the generator for the air conditioning kept coming on and and like bleeding into the microphone. So it took a lot of uh, it took a lot of fugazi and magic to make that vocal sound the way that it sounds. A lot of takes in between. Have you been in the studio recently with people that I would be really impressed with, like like little secret sessions where you help out or you they bring you in to maybe just have some fun? Not uh, not anyone that I I don't keep any secrets. I mean, apparently I used to talk about how I just run around my house naked, but yeah. uh, I I would I would tell you if there were any. I I, I usually kind of um, sit in the studio myself. Um, I'm working at this studio right now where it's just like me and. I think the other artist in there is Bruno Mars, and he's by himself too. So we're both just like by ourselves. And um, but I, I do want to kind of open it up and, and collaborate with other people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so much fun with what you do. But yeah, I don't even understand being in a studio next to Bruno Mars and not going over and say, "Hey, let me uh, let me do something here." What are you doing? Well, the Beatles used to, to do that vibe. Yeah, but but yeah. but like Billy Preston used to walk in on a session with the Beatles, and suddenly he's playing keyboards. I, I would love that kind of camaraderie. The music distrib. Remember when I said that like go- gospel music is rooted in a lot of great pop songs. Now I'm thinking of Le- like that sounds like it sounds like church. It's, there's there's definitely something there. It's like it's a it's a definite frequency and something. I don't, I don't know. I wonder if it's going to be hard for you to be married because. If I'm a woman, I'm thinking: Is he listening to me right now, or is he just is he writing a song in his head? I mean, you are, you are consumed with music. I I definitely am. I, I did gaze over at Brooke one night, and while we were watching Sex in the City, and and she she did look over and say that like I I just she was like, Are you okay? You've been staring at the ceiling for 
two and a half hours just not not even looking at your phone just 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 thinking yeah. she can read my mind officially now so she knows when i'm and apparently you can too yeah it's no. my mom you and my fiance brooke who can i and i guess my siblings and my dad too yeah well i looked over i knew i said this guy's got music going on in his head he's not paying attention to yeah. me right now i knew it i gotta kind of yeah fo- fun fact about um that's what friends are for by the way and tell me if i'm going over but it was david foster who wrote that little harmonica part for stevie da, 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 da. they didn't have an intro that so so the story goes they didn't have an intro they just had chords it would start like this and then when they were on break I guess Dion was like, let's just take a break. And David went in and was like, hey, I texted him before this just to confirm that this is true. But And it doesn't appear anywhere else in the song except the intro and the outro. I thought that was interesting. That's cool sound, too. Uh, mm-hmm. You're still texting with uh, Bruce Springsteen and uh, Billy Joel. I mean, you got you got an impressive texting list going on. Again, I feel very lucky that I get to keep in touch with... Uh, with icons like that um just more ins- inspiration musically for me um haven't I, talked to bruce in a while i would love to hear a conversation between you and billy joel you two guys just sitting at a piano oh my god it would be mind-blowing because he's like you it would be, i've been in his house where really? he starts, he'll sit at the piano and start playing classical music he doesn't play any billy joel songs like he'll just he'll just start playing some you know like compositions it's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah. It is so cool. It is so cool to me. Yeah, his his music is so deep-rooted in classical music. I guess not as much jazz, but it's uh he's he's impressive. I I've never uh, I I've never done that. Um I've I've done that with Quincy Jones, but I've never done that with Billy Joel. What did you do with Quincy Jones? You both sit at the piano and you and you play? I kind of I guess what Billy Joel did for you I went over every song that uh uh, it wasn't his. I, I just played all my favorite Quincy Jones songs. Like there was a, a song in '95 by Tamia. Uh, you put a, a a move on my heart. I think it's called. I got a real thing, the love of my life. Like all the stuff that he wrote with Michael had like uh, in Rod Temperton, like like a. Two chords. Um, oh, that's in, that's with Paul McCartney too. And the uh, and then he gave me some really good advice that music just what I said before comes from feeling and you and you don't write it down. It just it comes from your heart and your 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 body. Is Stevie Wonder a great keyboard you. player? Oh my! I have a Stevie Wonder story. Too. Go ahead. And I don't I, I don't know how much I don't want to. I know Adam's waiting too. Yeah, Adam's going to come on and, uh, and and do a Sinead O'Connor tribute, which I can't wait. But but uh, oh, I'm going to stay and listen for that. You should. Um, but but tell the Stevie I, Wonder story. I was doing this thing um, with uh, it's me and Stevie um, on the AM of the American Music Awards honoring Lionel Richie, kind of going back and forth. I and, called uh, you about that. I loved yes, you it. did. I loved yeah. it because it was just the two yeah. of you guys at piano. Exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, and. I kind of just, I, I wanted to lay back and like, just listen to him. But um, we were in the green room, and uh, I guess his uh, handler, helper, whatever, came in and just sat him down. And uh, it was just me in there. I was just drinking a water. And Stevie Wonder walks in, sits down, and has this briefcase and has this chromatica harmonica i don't i don't know what it's called and just starts playing isn't she lovely (laughs) 
And I don't know if he's fucking with me and knows that I'm there. I think he did know I was in there, but like I just started crying in front of this man and uh, I, I, I don't know if he knew by like my, I, I think he could feel my like visceral reaction just to him sitting down and playing something that I've grown up listening to. I think he did it on purpose now that I say it out loud, but, um, it's cer certainly something I'll, I'll never forget. And I, I get, I have several voicemails from him and wow. he always ends the voicemail with a little harmonica, a chromatica harmonica. I'm not saying it right. Solo. Something musical has to end in uh, a Stevie Wonder voice memo. So the story is, you got to sit in a room and watch Stevie Wonder play the piano, and for a guy who plays the piano like you, that moved you. Like, that was a, that was one of the great things about becoming a famous guy and getting access. Oh, my goodness. Like, talking book. Here we are On Earth together It's you and I Also, like, again, kind of gospel in a way. And simpler songs like Maybe a baby's gone Made some other plans Like, that was, what was Talking Book? 1971? Talking Book 70? is his best album, right? I think. I think. I, In my opinion, a lot of people would disagree and say songs in the key of life, which is also amazing, but... Mm. I don't know. There's something about talking book. The Where has my love gone? How can I go on? And the uh, blame it on the sun. Da 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 da. And again, that's a great song. Gospel. Yeah. Da, da, da. Oh, it's, um, sorry, it's... I believe when I fall in love with you, it'll be forever. Keep going. Just repeats it. I love that. Uh, I believe when I fall in love this time, it'll be forever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Robin, can you sing this part for no. me? I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just this, this chord. <laughs> it's... Uh, you're the best, man. Man, I, I tell you, I'd almost just go to a concert of yours. You just sitting there doing this, just going, going, pulling anything out of your head that you feel. I mean, I don't know, man. You're, you're, you're too Did much. I it's tell definitely you, Howard, too much. After Charlie was here the last time, I went to dinner with some friends and one of them actually gives lectures on the Great American Songbook. And he hmm. said, I heard Charlie Puth on your show, and that wow. was the best explanation or demonstration of what music is, co music composition yeah, is awesome. that he had ever heard. Yeah, wow. Professor Charlie Puth, yeah. you got to hand it to him. Charlie, I want to thank you for, um, you know, giving me your time today and i thought this was a cool concept and i really love that you honored burt Bacharach because you're making me appreciate him uh in a way that you maybe i didn't be, before should be appreciated yeah you i mean even be appreciated even your appreciation of jimmy buffett i never had it while jimmy was alive but then hearing dave matthews do jimmy buffett and just you tinkering around there i mean what did dave what song did dave do for dave uh, did a uh, pirate um um uh, considering 40 something yeah, yeah 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 a pirate god dave's he, he, another one man just just so 
like I, I'm so, like that. He, he <laughs> I, I'll, uh, we have the same, we share the same vocal coach, and he'll, Rob will call me and be like, "Yep, Dave's doing the third night in Colorado for thirty-two thousand people." Yeah, <laughs> a pirate looks at forty. Looks at a pirate looks at forty. Yeah, I didn't even know that song, and then Dave did, and he did, it made me appreciate Jimmy Buffett. You know. Anyway, I wow. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a really great compliment, Robin. I whoever. Tell, tell him thank you if you have done I certainly again. will because he was he was moved he was really truly moved he was he just wanted everybody to hear you talking about music Charlie I I yeah thank you that's yeah no that's amazing. beautiful but Charlie I want to really get a chance here to thank you because um we, uh, Adam's going to come in and close it up with uh, the yeah. Sinead O'Connor thing and uh but really choose and burp baccarat great uh also here charlie on sirius xm's the pulse channel five yes, which is uh always pulse. on there and uh listen i love you for doing this thank you and you're the best that thank that, that was thank just you. great thank you for having me on again my second time i'm really looking forward to this yeah well all right thanks always again fun. charlie it was great always to see fun. you all right all right next adam Bye, levine as we remember for our final show of the year we remember musicians who passed away Howard Stern presents Remembering Legends, Robbie Robertson. Band was around a long time. They used to play for uh, Bob Dylan. Robbie Robertson wrote some of the best songs, and I love the band. The Isley Brothers, Rudolph Isley. No, you make me wanna I gotta tell you, the Isley Brothers were gods. They had a long career. They were really talented dudes. Jeff Beck. I knew about Jeff Beck because he was in the Yardbirds. The guy was a great guitar player. He won eight Grammys and is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tina Turner. She was uh, named the queen of rock and roll. Uh, 25 Grammy nominations. She's got a million awards. After her whole success with Ike, had the ultimate revenge by having a bigger career without him. And she became an international superstar in her 40s. And Tony Bennett. San Francisco. The way he phrased the song was perfect. Your golden sun will shine. A man was a war hero, World War II. We love that guy. He was such a nice man.
friend of mine, Adam Levine, is going to close it out. We heard from Marin Morris. and uh, Hey, Adam. Uh, Hello. Foxy Lady. <laughs> One of your big influences, Jimi Hendrix. Gosh, the best ever to, to do it. Meanwhile. Actually, you know, right? Yeah. I was saying to uh, uh, Marin Morris when she was in earlier, like, I can't believe you went on, like, the vo- like she auditioned for The Boys, she auditioned for American Idol and stuff, and she, all, of, all of them rejected her, and I'm like, I think the funny thing with you, a good early story, is uh, Adam went to, like, Five Towns College and <laughs> got an F in guitar. And and you're like yeah. one of the best guitarists around. What? Uh, how do you get an F in guitar? Why did you get an F in guitar? Um, I didn't really show up. Like it was like a kind of, <laughs> it was kind of like an after. It wasn't a class. It was a one-on-one class. So you know you had your theory classes and those people and all these different. And then you go to your guitar class. I can't believe you're bringing this up. It's so crazy. <laughs> um, and I had like a one-on-one instruction with this guy, and I didn't go to class. A lot of times, but I, I said to him like towards the end of the year, and I'm no scholar, right? We've all, right. all established uh, that. I, I didn't say that, but uh, you did. But, Go ahead, yeah. But I am a guitar player, which is why it's pathetic that I fail. But I was like, hey, I think I'm probably not doing very well in your class. Like, what can I do to like get a better grade? That's, I said that to him. I it was kind of close to the end, but it wasn't like the last day. I was just like, hey, I, whatever I got to do, I'll eat lima beans. I'll do it. And he, he said to me very specifically, he said, look, you're a great guitar player. I know you haven't been showing up, but like, I'm not going to screw you with the grade. You're going to be fine. And I'm like, oh, like, he's cool. He's like a chill hippie dude. Like, he's not yeah. going <laughs> to fuck me over. Like, and then uh, he fucked me over. And he, gave, and he gave me an F. Wow. And I'm like, bro, this guy was like the bro of the group. You know, yeah. he's like the cool guy who's yeah. teaching guitar. And I'm like, you're such a dick. Like, I'm like, you, you, if I had I needed to do work, oh, I would have done it, bro. I asked you. And he's like, yeah, but whatever, fuck you. I wonder why, like, wonder why uh, he told you that he was not going to flunk you, and then he did, you know? And you already had a record label and everything, right? Maybe that was it. Do you think the teacher could have been jealous of where you were at in life? I don't know, man. We weren't far. we Because we didn't have a record. We, we had a deal, and then we got dropped. No one knew who our band was. I didn't like it. Was I didn't have a pot to piss, and it wasn't like I was crushing, you know? Right. I don't know why he would be jealous of that. He's just not... He, I don't know. I think he was a little flighty. I think he was a little, like... He threw a lot of Jerry Bears, like, in his world, you know? Like, in his on his guitar case. I think he might have been a little toasted. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? I mean, he's hearing this right now, and he's like, fuck you. I hope he's... I'm sorry, man. I bet you remember that guy's name, too. I'm Not that I want you to say it, but I'm saying it in your head. You're like, you gave me an F yeah, in guitar, and now I do. I do remember his name. Yeah. I remember his fucking name. Was that... The, fine. Was that... I, I, the band you were in was called Tara's Flowers, right? Before Maroon yeah. 5. Yeah. It was. We, yeah. weren't, we weren't great. Damn, but you had a hit. Didn't you have Soap Disco? Wouldn't call it a hit. No? I wouldn't, good call, song. It, I wouldn't call it a hit. Not a bad song. It's cute. By we the were way. so young. Pretty good Same band. Boys. How old were you when you did this? Gosh. 17. 17. 16, 17. 17-ish. Um, and it was like back when like we had like a big... We were on a big record label. We were on Reprise Records. Um, Rob Cavallo produced our album, and which was huge. I mean, that's why we thought we were destined for. We were like, we did it, we got it. We're, yeah. 
and then bam, like crash and burn. It was a very important and ex- formative experience in my life. And so, don't so you I'm think at 17, that's the end of your world? Like, it, like oh shit, uh, we had our shop, we're on Reprise Records, a big record label, we put out Soap Disco, and it, yeah, I mean, and well, it, it back, yeah, yeah, totally. And then, and then. It was really, it was even harder back then, I think, to like, once you were tainted and as far in the eyes of the industry, like, it was really hard to get another record deal. So when we did, and it was the, I got news for you, it was the only record deal that was being offered to us. There was you, no, no one was, was competing. No, no. And we took what we could get and it was wound up working. But, you know, like, I think that was surprising, but I was, I was so, um, determined and i was i was like i was a psycho i was going to make this happen so i was i was pretty aggressively like going for it but hey we still you have to get lucky you know what i I always meant to ask you how did graham like graham nash graham nash of uh, crosby stills nash and young helped you get into the studio to record a demo like how do you hook up with him yeah i'm really 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 close with his son no Um, no kidding one of my best friends on the planet earth willie yeah and he heard you uh, and and yeah, like it was one of those things because he was. It's funny, like he was this, you know, rock and roll legend, but also kind of my my friend's dad. And, and then, right. you know, like I was, and so I was struggling and kind of trying to. And this was like after the Cars Flowers thing. And I remember I was hanging out with Willie a lot and doing, you know, doing a bunch of nothing, just hanging out, being kids. And and he kind of approached me and he's like, "Hey, I heard you guys are, <clears throat> you have new songs and you want to go." Um, demo them and stuff like let me know if you want i'll put you in you know for a little while with some people i know and he put us in with some amazing people and i'll help you make a demo and then that demo was wound up being the demo that got us our second record deal so like he was hugely integral in us getting a kind of a second chance because we wouldn't have had any money to make a demo for whatever what we got signed off of so that was huge graham i will always be eternally thankful to and i also said to him i was like look i'm gonna give you a gold record and i'm gonna pay you back <laughs> for the studio time and he's like all right whatever yeah he didn't i don't think that he cared about about any of that and i was really that was kind of a proud moment when i was able to um kind of repay him and i did give him a gold record it was cool what a magical story i mean it, i can't yeah. even comprehend a life like that like like, like yeah, graham <laughs> like graham says to you hey man let me let me help you out and well he obviously recognized he had talent if he, he like i don't think he just goes up to all of his son's friends and starts you know paying for their demos maybe or, or maybe not. I mean, he's kind of a pay it forward kind of guy. I mean, yeah. like he knew I was tight with this kid and he's maybe he's like, he's going to help this kid out. And, you know, I've had success, maybe pay it forward. But who knows why? Gee, I didn't have any cool yeah. friends, you know? No one had a famous dad, nothing. Nobody helped out. <laughs> that's a cool famous dad, though, you know what I'm saying? That's like, that's a badass right there. I mean, like you go over to this kid's house and Graham Nash is like hanging, like, like, like standing around his underwear and stuff. I mean, it's, it's I mean, I, not, not, not his underwear. No, some in his underpants. No, no, I did not. Because I used to go over to my friend's house and their dads would always be in their underpants, like hanging out in a chair, <laughs> giving us philosophy, little, you know? That's a little weird. I've never hung out in my underpants in front of like strange kids. I don't know. It's weird. By the way, the reason I played Jimi Hendrix when I was introducing you guys, and let me say that Adam is here with James Valentine, of course, and P.J. Morton, who are a guitar player and a piano player and a keyboard player, and um, they're going to do a salute. Uh, thanks for doing this, guys, to Sinead O'Connor, which we'll get to. But the reason I played Hendrix when I introduced you is because you said Jimi Hendrix is the best guitar player of all time. Number yeah. two, Eddie Van Halen. Number three, Jimmy Page. And four is yeah. Prince. And five well, is Stevie look, Ray Vaughan. That it, was your list. 
Listen, everyone's got a different list. Right. James has a different list. Right, which right? James? James, what's your list? Yeah. Well, I'd have Jimi Hendrix, but I'd include some jazz guys. Wes Montgomery, Pat yeah. Metheny. You know, that's yeah. that's kind of my world. That's a different world than Adam. But can you think you can separate yourself from personal preference and say who are the five most like you can't really do it well, you like, can't important. do it that's that's subjective you know? important to you important to me yeah i think we all agree though jimmy because for sure he really actually is the best ever to play i love watching musicians talk about who's the best musician it's so great especially two guys in the same band you know like that must go on on the tour bus <laughs> all the time like yeah no well, well come on let's agree let's agree on something non-stop, <laughs> non-stop. yeah it's the dumbest conversation to have because there's no way for and no one's right about this there's no right and wrong do you guys always sit around and talk about music, or is there uh, is it pretty much just musical conversations? Oh no, it's no. It, it gets really stupid. It gets like so dumb. We drag it down <laughs> to the mud with some really lame stuff. Like you can debate about anything. anything. It goes on and on and on. I was just we just did Kimmel, and I told the dumb story about the Friends theme song. Oh yeah, it was like like a three hour <laughs> argument. What was the like, argument two weeks about ago. the Friends theme? Okay, this is, I can't believe the second time I'm talking about this publicly. Um, it's getting a lot of airtime. We, I told him uh, we were ta- somehow friends came up. Yeah, and I said, "Hey, the song goes gonna be this way." Ba 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 ba, and he's like, "Hey man, there's five claps." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No, there's not. There's four claps." And oh, granted, remember, like we're on an airplane on a long flight. We got a lot of time to kill. And I'm like, you're wrong. He's like, fuck you. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> it gets ugly. I was sure it was five claps. Was, I was yeah, wrong well, for the well, record. Well, and for James's yes, that is yeah. So James, I will say say this, and it we we was kind of a case of we were both right because the Rembrandts who recorded that song, they had a version that was an original version, and then they had another version, either remixed it or re-recorded it for the show. On the Rembrandt's version, fuck, this is so dumb. I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> nice. There's one, Which, two, three, four, five. You were right, though, Adam. So I was right because of the show had four. Yeah. Oh, okay. the original okay. Rembrandt's one. The version for the show was different. Got it. I you see. Ready? That's I, what you guys are familiar about this. with, the studio yeah. version. Mm. Anything. James goes deeper. <laughs> see, I love these kind of discussions. I saw evidence of this, the dynamic between Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins was so great. That's why I know that loss hurt Dave Grohl because those two dudes would sit there and argue about, like, or talk about what it was, what was it like for Genesis when they uh, were doing this or that? That they, it was a constant discussion about trivia in music, mm-hmm. and I thought, what a great yeah, relationship! Yeah. It looked like so much fun. It's a, it's a, it's a sickness, and it's also really fun. Who's better, John Bonham or Neil Peart? Do you guys argue about that? Apples and oranges, maybe. Oh, I see. I can say hmm. apples and oranges. See, I have a. Clear I mean, answer. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say John Bonham, but that's because I say John Bonham for me. But like, I'm the I, rush I, guy I, in the band. Sure, but you're not. Are you gonna say Neil Peart? Hey, be careful. It's, it's subjective. It's subjective. But <laughs> they're so different. Yeah, they're so different. But yeah, they're different. I, I personally, John Bonham's my guy. Let me remind uh, people. Let me, what, are you going with John? You're, you're going with Neil Peart, James. I mean, listen, for me personally, I've listened to way more Rush in my life than Zeppelin. Yeah, and, is, and Rush is great. I love and it. And Neil Peart is great. He's incredible. Oh, incredible. Okay. But Another like, guy like Zeppelin. that's going to be missed. Yeah, but it's Zeppelin. You're talking about Zeppelin. Who's your guy? Yeah. Jimmy? 
I yeah, mean, Pert's my guy. He's always been my guy. All right. You yeah. stand by that? Final answer? Sure. All Final right. answer. All right. PJ, are you sick of these two? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It, it's actually entertaining. I mean, into, you know, I just put my AirPods in if it, if it goes too long, you know. But, yeah, no, I've seen some lengthy... Some lengthy discussions, uh, and we'll sure. come to you too. We're like we always like he's like our like guy. We go. I'm like PJ. Come on, man. Like yeah, you gotta yeah, get my yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I, I give I give weight to either 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 of the argument. You know, what I'm saying that they bring me in is to is to, hey, to PJ, put them on the scale as a keyboard yeah. player. Did, when did you just hear Charlie Puth doing his thing at all? Did you catch? Yeah, I heard that? Charlie. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. and out. Yeah, he's amazing. He's like a music professor. Are you like that? Do you sit down at the the piano every day and just play? Yeah, not really. Not really. I was more of a, I guess, like working class, uh, in the sense of, of piano. Like I didn't treat it. I was obsessed as a kid. So I would always come home and sit at the piano and just try to figure out things, but I didn't really learn, um, traditionally. So I don't know how to read music. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't major in music. We actually, actually, Charlie and I were just talking because I went to his college, Berkeley. And did a pop up the other day, and all the kids were singing everything. Um, so, but that was not my experience. Like, I didn't, I didn't. It wasn't music, music all the time. Uh, it was kind of life, and then this was kind of like my expression, you know. Yeah. When you're sitting at home, if you do play the guitar, if you play the piano and stuff, what does it sound like? What do you like to just do? Like, if you were sitting alone right now, and you want, and you sat down just to hear the, you know, so just hear good. yourself play, what would you play? It's really like nothing. So I, I, I grew up in church and, um, and so there was a thing called like talking music. Like, you know, when the, when the pastor's talking and you're just playing music behind them. So yeah. usually I sit down and just, it's not a real song. It's not, it's just kind of like playing. You know? What is it? Let me hear it. Please. I'm begging um, you. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is, if I sat down right now, I would just. It's kind of just like warm up, you know. It's kind of like warm up, but that's nothing, you know. Show off, show off. That's nothing. I, I, I mean, I, I, uh, and you don't read music, and yet you can do that. I don't. Yeah, I don't read. I, 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 it's, it's like a mystery to me. Even sometimes I look around, like, how am I even playing this? I don't know, you know. Um, like even us playing, you know, tributing today. It's like I had to just learn that again, you know. But it's like I. I know how to play it. You know, it's a, it's a gift. I feel super blessed by it. I guess you can't that's even crazy. overanalyze these kind of gifts. That's or, yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, how yeah. good you are, though. And also, you can't read music is crazy because I, I, I can't read music. But like, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like please, when you play, please. when you play, it's like, damn, how do you not? Because it's so it's so in depth. No, nah, man, I, it is a mystery to me. But I'm just yeah, it makes me grateful. But um but there's so many guys. I'm from New Orleans, so there's so many guys I grew up around who literally didn't read music, and they were like killing, you know, like so amazing. So for me, it was kind of a norm in church too. Um, but yeah, it it does blow my mind. But like, nobody uh, said to you, sometimes. no parents said to you, "Hey, man, like let's get you some piano lessons," or no one. Yeah, so so my mom tried because my mom loves classical music. She would play it in the car, and she really wanted me to be a classical musician. But I was listening to like All in the Family, or you know, like these Dear John, like these theme songs, Cheers. I would be playing along with that and really. The radio. And then, then I go to piano lessons and they're like, 
and I'm like, oh no, I, I'm already playing songs. Like I couldn't, I couldn't discipline myself to start from scratch. And um, my last, so I, I had piano lessons twice. The second time, the piano teacher actually told me I played something for him. He was like. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. He was like, "What you have, I can't teach." Ah, that's <laughs> he was amazing. Like, I could teach you stuff, but like, would you? And it freed me. It was like as a kid, because I was trying to tell my mom this, but I couldn't make her. He said it, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm like, you know, that just gave me all I needed to just to be myself, you know." And let's well, agree, the great, the greatest uh, TV theme was the Jeffersons. Uh, agreed. For sure. I mean, that, that's moving on. Now. Can you play it a little, please? A I'm goal. begging you. Play play a little see. of the jump. Moving on and on. That's what you're busy playing. Yeah. Meanwhile, it worked out. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I didn't hear you. I love it. By the it's way, uh, yeah. these guys, you know, let's remind everyone who Maroon 5 is. Let's show off a little bit, Adam. Here we go. You ready? Remember this one, Harder to Breathe? First one. Big hit. And then let's show off a little more. I tried my best to feed her Second one. Miss Love. Beautiful song. Let's show off some more. The hits keep on coming. Here's a song that never made it. I'll keep going. Let's you, you're liking it. One more night. Remember Payphone? Anybody remember this? It's like a KTEL commercial. Sugar. Wow. I'll tell you, not bad. Anyone remember animals? And if that wasn't enough for you, how about this? And the hits keep on coming. I feel like you debuted this on our show. We did. Yeah. We did. <laughs> Jeez. What's it like to listen back to that? Honestly, like, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's pretty astounding, even to me and the guys. We're sitting here like, holy shit. And, and we don't sit around and do that often. So it's like, when you play them for us, man, it's it's pretty wild. Like, And we started in 2002. And, you know, you play those songs, <clears throat> like This Love and Hard to Breathe. That we were we wrote those in like 2001, 2000. You know, and, and, and we were still here, and we had all these hits for that many years. And it's just like... We are so unbelievably blown away by that. As much as we worked really hard to get it, it's like, shit, who knows? Like, I, we got it somehow. But man, all those songs that mean so much to so many people, it's just, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It really is. It's beautiful. And I would imagine when you have that many hits, you know, for the rest of your life, you guys can always make money just going out and playing those songs. Like, like, that's a real concert if you, you know that's also the best yeah that's also the best uh 
that's the best thing for anyone who plays music is like all we ever wanted to do because you know you talk about all the stuff and the voice and all these great things and i got to be in a couple of movies and shit and you're like okay cool and that was all wonderful amazing stuff and the voice changed my life you know it was amazing but the music at the end of the day that's the goal from the first day you pick up a guitar or start to play you're like that's all i want to do is play music for people and so i'm we are so unbelievably happy <clears throat> doing our jobs and you're like you said knowing that we can do it forever is like the greatest gift any musician could ever have and and we know it so well, how's how is it doing that residency maroon five did a uh, residency in las vegas this year and then you're going to do yeah. another one in uh 2024 that's got to be nice because you could do it in one place you know that is i gotta tell you we were all really kind of not sure what it was going to be like and i'm we're i mean especially james i feel like me and james like it the most yeah. but like because you, you know it's vegas I, it's I vegas it. yeah it. we all had so much fun i'm not yeah. i'm gonna leave you out yeah, you yeah, love yeah. It too. No, i mean i love chilling in one place that's, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah i think that's what it was is yeah. it the, the the comfort level of being able to show up to a concert and you're just there and it's like your living room and you 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 get ready and put some clothes on and go play and like there's no travel and there's not different beds every night and yeah i, I would think the shitty part about i mean there's, there's very few downsides to being a you know successful musician but the con as you get older the constant traveling and being on the road because it's not the night of the show it's like getting to the show it's you know all of that yeah you know craziness to me would be very difficult but to have a residency so it's like playing in your living room after a while it really, it really is, that is exactly what it's like. And also, it's a new challenge, man. Like, honestly, the people coming to your shows in Vegas, you know, there's a difference. When you go to a, a far off, far away land and you play a concert for people who've been saving up, you know, marked it on their calendars, saved their money for this one day, for this one band that they love more than all the other bands, you know, they pay for your band to come. That's irreplaceable. You, you, when you go to Vegas, it's a little bit different because you have that element there. People will obviously travel to see you and love you and they're big fans. But they're also choosing you over whatever other entertainment is there. So it's a competition of uh, of, of sorts, I think, because you're yeah. like, oh, we have to like stand out, and like we're just, you know, we don't have a lot of uh, bells and whistles. Or we just play. So right. it's it's we were unsure as to how that would would come across, but like it's kind of fun, and you kind of feel like it's this new challenge, like do something different and succeed in a different type of way because you know when you go out of the town you're playing fans that love you and it's like the choir but this is a little different because you have like oh, hey impress me i'm not seeing celine dion so be good it's kind of like <laughs> you're kind of like you have a responsibility to kick ass in vegas on a different in a different way when you guys are in vegas did you go see that sphere that uh, a lot of musicians are yeah. excited about is it cool or As we saw you too yes yeah. it's, it's gonna change the face of live performance for a hundred percent, because the visual stuff is fucking nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, but I, I think <laughs> really I, I haven't been to it yet. But I don't. I kind of like a band going up. I don't like all the visual distraction. I like if I'm going to go see Maroon Five. I, I almost like. I love seeing you three guys just sitting on stools and playing. You know, I, I don't know. There's a simplicity. I feel you, but then think of like Pink Floyd playing the Sphere. You know. Yeah, that's true. That would be nice. like there's some bands that lend themselves to the visuals that the sphere only the sphere can provide because it is like and i look i didn't know what to expect and it's this big fucking circle dome thing and you're like <laughs> what <laughs> but the second like i saw you too and you two is one of my favorite favorites ever um and it's pretty intimate 
actually, yeah. believe it or not, because it's just the band set up right there, and it's right in the middle, and there, there they are. Not much going on. But then everywhere around you, when you look anywhere at all, it's something. It's cool. You know, you now you got me yeah. thinking, because like the best visual show I ever saw back in the 90s was Nine Inch Nails. They had oh, all kinds. Nine of, Inch Nails would be perfect. Yeah. That would be a Take show. That shit. Yeah, in a sphere yeah. with if it was really cool visual effects because it was nuts. Hey, yeah. you know what I got to ask you before we talk that. about Sinead O'Connor because that's you know sure. that's the purpose. But um, how does Charlie Puth spend a month at your house and you guys don't <laughs> jam together? I don't explain that to me from your end. Oh, jam! We like we talked music and we would play and mess around. I feel like we did. Did he say we didn't ever play together? Yeah, he said like there was like you you guys had a great hang and you had a lot of fun. But I, I you know, yeah, yeah. Look, I I am funny like that. Where I there's something about being home. Where I've tried having studios in my house before and making music. Now I'll throw I'll pick up a guitar and play every other day or something. Uh, but that's casual and like having it all around me it's almost hmm. like my home it's like my that's my place to, to 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 i like to come home from the studio you know right and leave it because my brain won't stop otherwise it'll be like in the next room you know if there's like a drum kit and a bo- soundboard and like a place to go make music I, i've always been this way and when we had we had a studio back in the day and i started to go nuts because i'd just always be like Bruh. like my brain can't handle all of that all the time it needs to have you know Downtime. Downtime. Yeah, yeah. So I can kind of like recharge and like distract myself with other things and do other things and then go back. And then you kind of have a clear head. You know, you get like studio brain sometimes. So do you only write in the studio? In other words, when you're writing songs uh, for the band and the the band has to meet in the studio and that's where you write? You don't come up with stuff at home? No, well, actually... Most things, like, the funny part is, is that before I go into the studio these days, because now, like, oh, this is cool. What about this melodic idea here? And I, like, make a voice note or write a bunch of words down in my notes like, on my phone. And then I go in and literally, like, I record songs at this point. Like, like here's the lyrics we've been working on for the last three weeks. And I go in the studio and it's like, here it is. It's really different. It, back then, not even that long ago, like 10 years ago, it would be mm-hmm. like, here's a notepad. Yeah. And I'm in the studio and I'm like <laughs> writing the lyrics. <laughs> like, you just don't do it anymore. And it's kind of sad and it would be kind of a cool exercise to do that again, like oh. to actually write pen on paper. But like, you don't need to, you know? And like, you, you're getting song versions passed around between the band and like, James is going to record his. We have a new song we're working on right now, and James is going to record his part and his parts in, in the studio, and we're not necessarily going to all get together and do it. Like I can't believe what you're telling me. That's weird. It happens. It really? happens. I mean, that doesn't always happen like that. I mean, like people have different ways of doing it. You can but definitely it, do it traditionally and be all in the same room and do it. But don't you think if you and James are in the studio together, like something organically could happen? Absolutely, and James wants that to happen in the worst sure. way. James is right. Yeah, I, I, I miss the old way. He misses the old way. James, do you like, ever say no, to Adam, listen, man, quit fucking I around? I say that to him every day. Listen, every day. <laughs> yeah. And what does he say? It, yeah, there is something that's lost. He never lost. shuts the yes, fuck up about it. The time. Yeah. There's something that's lost when you're emailing files back and forth. And, of course. And I do miss being in the same room. I mean, you guys should be in a room together like this. What? I, I, well, hey, listen, yeah. I don't no, want to get in between. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Thank you. I, I, su- I support what you're saying. Thank you. And I think that we should get back to that at some point. Let's do it. Maybe not 2024. Maybe 20. 20- <laughs> How about 2025? How about in Vegas, downtime? We'll have plenty of downtime. downtime. 
God, downtown in Vegas. And James, yeah, you, this is like we're, we're, we're Adam's treating this lightly, but you're right. When you guys are do, you're sitting in Vegas, James, you're advocating that Adam come over to your room, and let's let's ride together, right? Yeah, well, and there's great studios in Vegas we could get together. And, you know, I think for the first 10 years of our career, that's that's how we made records. And then it, it kind of shifted over time. And, you know, I think it's it's been enough time that it would be interesting to go and do it in the old way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe. No again. Maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, changing, man. What the hell's gotta, the problem here? <laughs> Got to roll with it, you know? It's a different world. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, I mean... I love it. I, I love technology, this man. Like, like, yeah, Adam's technology, like typewriter. Bro. Get that out of here, man. Let me get the typewriter out of my face. You know what you got to? You got to do one cover on your new album. Pearl <laughs> Jam's Pearl Jam's "Elderly Woman Behind the Counter" in a small town. You, my favorite song. I know. So I did. You, I did a cover of it. I did a cover of it for. I think yeah. For uh, they have a Eddie and his wife have a have a charity that I and they were raising uh, funds for something over COVID. And I I remember they wanted me to cover something. I was like, fuck it, I'll cover Elderly Woman. <laughs> and so I did. It was fun. It was like on Zoom. You know, it was cool. Do you do it as Eddie Vedder? Because you can do an Eddie Vedder impression, can't you? I, I try not to. It's really hard when you're doing a Pearl Jam song to not because he's so distinct. He's one of my favorite singers in the world. I mean, he, he is amazing. He is the real fucking deal, man. But I have like the opposite voice of Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder has a deep baritone like big voice and i have this like can you give me a little eddie vetter i mean i want to hear you i've never heard you do that know. let me hear I, you do I, an impression I, of eddie vetter come on i don't want to do an impression do it don't, don't don't question it uh well wait here give me the guitar oh yeah <laughs> but then it's not gonna be very good and i don't care that's all right he can be angry we'll talk to him get my eddie vetter impression all right yeah, here eddie it is impression. go you need a pig okay I seem to recognize face <laughs> All things familiar years I can't seem to place it <laughs> Can I find I like it Pretty good, huh? Kill it All right, let's talk about Pretty good Yeah, very good Let me talk to you about uh, Sinead O'Connor Because, you know, I, by the way, thanks guys I really do appreciate you doing this. Of course, man. Yeah. I was talking with my guys, and I said, I think a good way to end the year would be, since we have so many musicians on and we love music, maybe we could ask a couple of our friends if they would honor people who died recently. And uh, Adam right away said, yes, and, you know, I, I love you for that, and thank you for doing it. But uh, you you said Sinead O'Connor would be good, because let's, let's face it, yeah. Sinead became famous doing a Prince song, and you love Prince. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Th this song, I, and I, I was probably we were like ten when it came out. 10, yeah, yeah, 11. ten or eleven. And I remember, I didn't know it was written by Prince back then. Right. Um, but and then you listen to the original once you figure all that out. But this was one of those cases of like sometimes a song that's written by like your favorite of all time, like a Prince. Um, I think Joe Cocker did it with a little help from my friends. Yeah. Um, it's a great song as it was from the Beatles, but. It, it's that version of it is better than yep. the, the Beatles song. Um, and by the way, how that's know, a great point. How rare is that when that that rare. like Sinead O'Connor actually did it better than Prince? Like made it even more. Yeah. And well, she took it. it, and she we we talked about this actually yesterday when we were practicing. It's like she added. They 
the, the, the group of people who produced it and, and Sinead and people like added these like really kind of cool chord changes and melodic shifts and things that weren't there originally and turned it into this like heartbreaking, like insanely emotional, different type of song and brought it to the place that it really should have been. And that doesn't happen often, especially when it's a Prince song. You know, and I think about Sinead O'Connor died this year, but I always think of her as a tragic figure. Uh, you do you did you ever meet her? I never got I never met her. You know, she was very, uh, very outspoken, you know, and, and I think a lot of people were were scared off by that. Yep. Um, she said what she fucking wanted to say. And that's always something that I respect um, and admire. Um, it wasn't always what people wanted to hear. Um, but it was always honest and it was always the truth and it was intense. She was, it seems like from the little that I've seen, it just, it's, it's intense and it's, uh, it's honest, but it's, it's a lot. And so I, I understand how people might be, might have been like, you know, afraid of it, but it's, it's real. But it's also crazy because, you know, every manager in the business would say to you, listen, guys, you're musicians. Uh, it's like running for political office. You know, you want to bring everyone into the tent. Don't give your political views. Don't say anything controversial. You want as many people yeah. to think you're on their team as possible, right? So for Sinead O'Connor to just... Well, yeah, that was just part. That was in the fabric of who she was. It was impossible for her, I think. I think no one was going to be able to tell her that. And she wasn't going to be like, all right, cool, got you. <laughs> like, I'll keep my mouth shut. It's part of her. And it's part of some artist's whole thing, you know? So I... I, I do really respect it because you're right. They, no one wants anyone at musicians to say anything about how they feel about anything. So I, I get why that is like a potential nightmare for someone's publicist or manager. But like, I don't think she gave a shit about that because she cared about the things she cared about. And she she spoke her mind. I, like I was that. in L.A. a hundred years ago and I'm at the whatever the hotel is that all the rock stars used to stay at, like the Sunset Marquee or whatever it is. And I'm sitting by the pool and there's this this fabulous looking woman with her head completely shaved, swimming in the pool. <laughs> and I look, and she's wearing a one-piece bathing suit. I'm like, whoa, what a body. I mean, this she was, uh, you know, it was she was huge at that point in terms of her fame. And there she was just doing laps in the pool, and I was like, wow, what a magnificent-looking person. How many women can shave their head and just look <laughs> so comfortable with it? I mean, it was crazy. And there that video. That I was in there was a girl in high school I was in love with who shaved her head. She was like the most beautiful girl in school and she shaved her head and she was like still just so beautiful. I remember it very vividly. You brought that memory back. Thank you. <laughs> um, she was beautiful. The video the video is also one of the best. Let's not. We haven't talked about the video yet, by the way. Yeah. yeah right. right. The video is this beautiful, just, it's just her face. Close up. And, and that's what's, so, it's so close up. I mean, it's as close up as you can get. And it's so, um, as some, I always love to push the. We always like to push and, and make videos, and <clears throat> that video is always something that I wanted to try and. There's a few videos that are so iconic, like that one, and I, you know, Freedom George Michael, especially during that era, like that one, Freedom George Michael, and uh, Chris Isaac, you know, that's uh, Wicked Game, and these these. Vi that was like the best time for videos, but that Sinead video, like every single feeling she felt was right there, and. She, and that's not easy for anyone to do. That shows you how her vulnerability and her kind of raw, like, way was so perfectly depicted in that video. And that's why it worked. You can get a million people to do the same thing. And that's what made her so special. It, 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 you cannot carry that if you're not Sinead O'Connor. Adam, you're so right. Like, I'm thinking about it. 
who would have the balls to make a rock video back in the MTV heyday where it's just your face? And meanwhile, I, you know, because me, I got a short attention span. It, like, I tune out on videos, you know, I, I can watch three seconds. But that woman held your attention. Not only was the song great, yeah. but it's yeah. amazing that that just her. Yeah. Just her alone. And this radical kind of haircut, you know, with this, be this beautiful face, like this angelic face and this really kind of punk rock haircut. And it's kind of a punk rock video because that's all it is. It's just her. There's no quick cuts. Like you said, it's like MTV generation. Like, come on, more, more, more quick cuts. And there's none of that. It's like, it's a masterpiece. That video is a fucking masterpiece. And the song is too. It's really, really cool. I wonder if Prince liked her. I'm sure he must have commented on it. Did he... Didn't they have like a falling out or something, Prince and Sinead O'Connor? I, I seem to remember something like that. Do you guys know? I, I don't remember. No clue. Yeah. No clue. Know. Both outspoken people. Maybe it was too much. You know? Yeah. Your Maybe video memories, some people compare it to Sinead's video. They felt like, you know. That was kind of like, that was definitely in there. Yeah. It, you know, in, in the influence. Um, I was like, let's just do this straight to the, to the camera. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, yeah. I guess that is kind of influenced by Sinead. Sinead died in July at 56 years old. There's no cause of death, but it was non-suspicious. I don't know what that means. I don't know what happened. And uh, I know you guys uh, were at the autopsy, but uh, you still won't <laughs> tell us anything. You won't tell me what room five means, and you won't tell me what happened at the autopsy. But anyway, <laughs> listen. Ask Billy Joel. Billy Joel knows. I told you that. Yeah, I heard that you told Billy. You told Billy. Did, uh, He's the only one who knows, I right? Mean, yeah, he got, he got us at dinner, and... And he's like, so what's the bit? He like sat down at our table and I was like, holy shit, this is fucking Bill Joel. And this was like day one of success. We didn't know what, we were at Nobu. We were at Nobu in New York. Right. And, uh, and Billy Joel sits down. He definitely had a couple. <laughs> and he's like, all right, so where'd you get the name? And I'm like, I'm like, didn't hear what he said because I'm like, that's Billy Joel. <laughs> and we fucking like I'm not gonna not like what am I gonna do? Like an asshole, like not tell him. And I was like, all right, you can't tell anybody, but you're the only person who will ever tell. And I, I broke, I broke the uh, the trust. But you guys were there, yeah. You? So you guys signed off on it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you tell Billy Joel, of course. No one's saying no to Billy. No. Yeah, you know what? You know what the sad part of that story probably is? Probably Billy doesn't even remember what. You told him, you I know. Guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee not, you. Not only because he, no, a hundred thousand percent. And also, by the way, not only does he not remember it, but he doesn't remember it for multiple reasons. He doesn't remember because he was probably inebriated, and he also doesn't remember because it's the fucking dumbest story in the world that no one would remember. You know what's so funny? I'm thinking about I had um, uh, Carly Simon on years ago, and she whispered in my ear who the three people were that you're so vain is about. She had never told anyone never told anyone who the three people were. She said, I feel so good about you. She whispered in my ear the name of the three people. And about five That's minutes later, one. Robin comes walking up to me and says, well, who, who are the people? And I go, you know, I just fucking forgot. <laughs> I was like the only guy I was supposed to know. <laughs> Wasn't Warren Beatty one of them? Warren Beatty like was dead. Yeah, but there were two other. She since has come out with it. But anyway, getting back uh, Nick to... Nick Jagger sang on that song. Sorry, we'll get back to that. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, so Sinead O'Connor, you're going to do, you know, the big one, nothing compares to you, which is so great because now I have you on this show doing Purple Rain, which is still the most visited, I think, video ever made on this show. It's crazy when you did that on my birthday show. What a, what a performance that was. Jeez. Out of body. Out of body is, man, I don't know. Anyway, 
this is nothing compares to you. And I can't wait to hear you guys do it. <clears throat> Since you took your love away fellas adam wow your voice is it hard for you to sing this early in the morning because man that sounded perfect to me. man yes you're the only person i'll do this for it by the way like i woke up at 4 30 and i had just a my throat was just not working and oh. i was had a sore throat last night and i was freaking the fuck out and it doesn't happen very often and so i was like i don't know if i can do this and i had to warm up for like 17 hours and 
I'm really happy it, it worked out. Oh, no. <laughs> you did it you in the happy with key, that? too. Uh, yeah, uh, you yeah we did it the higher key. Yeah, no, I'm. I think it's. I think it was good. Yeah, I blacked okay. out, so I don't. I, don't <laughs> I usually just black out when I sing <laughs> isn't live. It, isn't it weird with performance because the anxiety beforehand, like, oh shit, I got to go on Stern show and sing early in the morning, and that sore throat starts coming on, and you're like all stressed out, and blah 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 blah, and then suddenly whatever the fuck it is kicks in, adrenaline, yeah. and then it comes out perfectly. The vo like like PJ said yesterday, the the voice, he's like, it'll show up. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. I kind of can't perform if I'm not under some kind of pressure. Um, it won't be as thoughtful and meaningful, and like the intention won't be there in a weird way. It's fun to sing; I sing all day long. But like when you're performing, it's like I don't know. Yeah, there's something about about it. It brings the best out of me. I'm I lucky. bet you now your throat doesn't hurt so much. Oh no, I can sing it fifty times. Yeah, now you, yeah, you, yeah. The, the, the sore yeah. throat's going to go away now. It's gone, you know. And PJ's piano part on there. Nice. That's like being at church, yeah. right, PJ? That song's got that church vibe. Oh, no, it definitely got it there. I mean, I, I think that's that original print in there, too. But like he was saying, Sinead, they, they added some cool stuff in there, too. But I put a little Prince piece in there, though, because I, I, what I love about the Prince, because this is about Sinead, so I didn't want to make it about Prince. I wanted to make it right. about her version, so I was trying to stay on that. But there's a, I took your love away. Yeah. Like, that's a Prince thing, you know. Like, hard to, hard to I, give away. I wanted to say it. Really. <laughs> well, you know what's weird, too, with that song? Like, now I go back, and whenever I play the Prince version... I, mm. I think I love it even more than than the yeah. Shana the original. You know. Yeah, I mean like like when he does you know And even that weird It sounds weird. Well it's much weirder. Yeah. It's a weirder song. The the the, 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 the musical choice is very different. Yeah. Man, I mean, what the hell? That prince was yeah. on another He's planet. Ridiculous. Yeah, he is. Uh, why is everybody gone? Everybody's yeah, dropping like so flies. Sad. Yeah, doesn't it make you sad? I mean, the guy who wrote that song is gone. That's it. Yeah. Yes, man. I don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense. You know, and Sinead and so many other people, they're just like, how the fuck is this even possible? You're heroes, man. Yeah. How about uh, Charlie Puth picking uh, Burt Bacharach to honor? That was crazy. Amazing. Crazy. Those songs. It's yeah. perfect for Charlie, though. It yeah. makes a lot of sense because they're like the same kind of freaky genius. But Charlie's a beast. Charlie's an animal. Yeah, he he's is. So talented. Yeah, he's talented. We love listening to him talk about music. He's like a, prof he's like a nutty professor. <laughs> it's so true. You know, like, he, he really is. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean that in a good way, Charlie. I mean that in a good way. Uh, You're still here. James Valentine, Adam Levine, and P.J. Morton uh, just gave us a beautiful moment on the show. Once again, man, thank you guys for remembering Sinead O'Connor. I thought that this would be the best way to end 2023 for our show. We always try to do something special. And I was thinking, man, what if we could get some of our friends to honor musicians, great musicians who affected us and have left the planet and uh and it turned out to be a really special morning so i thank you 
I do want to mention Maroon 5 is returning to Dolby Live at Park MGM for a 2024 residency. Go check these guys out. Ticketmaster.com slash Maroon 5 Vegas to buy tickets. It's like watching these boys in their living room. They Sometimes they show up in their pajamas and they just schmooze. Can I say hi to Robin? I have to say hi to Robin. Yeah, why no. are you ignoring Robin? Say hello to Robin, please. Hi, Robin. Hey, Robin. Hi, I miss Adam. you. <laughs> I want to see you in person. Oh yeah! You're oh, well, you should be right here on. now. Yeah. This is the uh, as in person as I get these days. I know. I miss you guys. It's good to yeah. see you. I never get to see Robin in person, but we're all here today because we're having a little Christmas party for the entire show. Look and at you! Nice. You're branching yeah. out. You're doing it. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm plenty nervous. It. Believe me, I don't want anyone touching me, especially Fred. He looks a little ill. <laughs> He's been yelling at me for hugging everybody. Yeah, Robin like, walks in. She forgets she's immunocompromised. And she starts hugging everyone. I go, get the fuck away from everyone. Use your head, for God's sake. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, but anyway, listen, guys, thanks for getting up early. Uh, thank you for honoring Sinead O'Connor and talking music with us this morning. And I want to wish everyone, including Maroon 5, and everybody who works on this show, a uh, uh, merry, merry Christmas. Thanks, guys, for doing this. I love you. Of course. Thanks for Thank having us. Thank you. Merry you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Love you too, Robin. I love you. James, love Adam, you, James. and TJ. There love you go. all. Yeah. yeah. You, we, we love you long time. <laughs> 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 Thanks, guys. There they are, all the way from L.A. Well, I do want to say to our audience, uh, thank you. I hope you found this special. Uh, yeah, did a, did everybody enjoy that? That was beautiful. I was thinking, well, how do we end the show this year? But uh, this seemed uh, appropriate. i got to thank Marin Morris. Wow. She was just incredible. Oh, yes. Uh, remembering uh, from Fleetwood Mac, Christine McVie. want to thank, of course, Charlie Puth, Adam Levine. And Dave Matthews. And there you go. Um, tomorrow on Howard 101, it's Sternthology Live. That's uh, live. Uh, Gary and Rasan took over the Sirius XM studios in New York with a live studio audience and took requests from fans and attendants wow. picking great moments from our archives. Um, yeah, so uh, enjoy that. Soon Green Day will be performing. Coming up next on Howard 101, our tribute continues with our In Memoriam special. We're paying tribute to more of the celebrity guests we lost this year. The great Richard Belzer, Suzanne Summers, Pat Cooper, Pee Wee Herman, and many more. And, um, and Robin, the most important thing to say at the end of the year.